1: And the future is bright indeed so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues hey there star wars fans and welcome back to another episode of star wars the saga continues and another installment of our star wars uh, film saga commentaries as we make our way through all of the star wars saga leading up to episode 9 coming out this december um and today we're going to be watching rogue one a star wars story uh and giving our thoughts along with it so as always i'm your host kyle and i've got my co-host tim and paul with me guys you ready to uh watch some death troopers abs freaking lootly man i'm surprised you jumped in with that before tim i had to <laughs> tim always i always let tim
0: go this is my favorite what the what was that oh oh
2: wow
1: <laughs> is, this, is that like a death trooper helmet
2: <laughs> I had to get some Death Trooper audio before we even started the commentary.
0: <laughs> I could have done that for you.
1: <laughs> no, you sound like, you 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 sound like pa- it, Ponda Baba in uh, Robot Chicken. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't remember what he sounds like in that, but probably not as cool as those Death Trooper voices. <laughs> oh, but I cannot wait to get started gushing about Death Troopers for about two hours and ten minutes and... Maybe if there's time, talk a little bit about that side story about the rebels stealing the Death Star plans or something. But you know, that's not the main focus in the movie. It's all about <laughs> the Death Troopers.
0: <laughs> what about the Death Trooper and rebels that actually talks like
2: normal? Oh, yeah, I forgot miss, about that. Hit and miss for me. Sometimes it sounds like, okay. First, it threw me back. I was like, oh wow, they're talking normal and <laughs> hear him speak basic. But I don't know. Like, I well, we'll get to it in the commentary <laughs> when we get the Death
1: Trooper showing up, which will be early
2: because I got some thoughts on that. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Yeah, well, let's uh, go ahead and start the movie, shall we? Without further ado, um, as always, if you guys are listening at home and want to watch the movie along with us and uh, play the commentary uh, along as you're watching the movie, uh, feel free. We always uh, recommend that if you're into it or if you're just listening to us uh, like a normal podcast, that's cool, too. Uh, either way, hope you enjoy the ride. And as always, we're starting at uh, zero out of 213 on the main chapter of the Blu ray or whatever. Um, so if you're watching along with us, uh, that's where we're starting. So uh, let's go on three, two, one, punch it like we always do. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one, punch it. And we're off. I, I remember uh, sorry <laughs> i was gonna I'm
0: sorry. say
2: i was remember really anticipating like how is the movie going to begin we knew there was not going to be a crawl what's it going to be like and then bam! well we got the long time ago in a galaxy far far away like normal but then mm-hmm. bam! it just immediately starts with that music even just coming in real suddenly that like, one i was like whoa okay they're just really jumping into this thing i yeah.
0: have to say even though i don't i like everyone knows i love solo a lot rogue one's intro and if I had to compare the the two intros, I'd take Rogue Ones. I love the abruptness.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Just I mean, I, I like both, but if I had to choose one, I liked being straight into it and just letting the movie kind of tell the story for you. Let it let it set its own kind of pace kind of thing. I also liked Han Solos. I think that that's another way you could do it. But if I had to choose, this is my favorite one from an artistic standpoint. I just loved going right into it. I just love the think, like the the music. It's a kind of a it's, it's interesting and different. I, I just wasn't anticipating it, and I loved it. So, yeah, I I, I prefer this intro to the, the Solo one if I had to choose between the two. But I like both.
1: Yeah, I think they both work really well for their respective movies because Solo, I think, does a good job of, like, setting the stage, um, you know, without doing, like, a traditional crawl uh, and letting, you know, just kind of the, the setting that they're going into. But with Rogue One, you know, because this opening scene takes place, like, 15 years before the main story of the movie you can't really do that um and so i think for for the way that they opened this like that was you know a a good decision to go with and i think they made it work and i just gotta give right off the bat this isn't the first this isn't the last time i'll talk about this during this commentary but michael michael jacchino knocked the ball out of the freaking park with this one on the score like just the music for this opening scene already i'm like really into it and like okay this is different but definitely has that star wars feel to it and immediately is setting the tone for kind of a, a suspenseful scene where you're going all right what's what's happening the music is kind of you know it's got that sense of urgency to it um that just really you know does a good job of setting the tone right off the bat
2: totally agree like I said we'll probably mention it at different points during the movie some of our favorite aspects of the music but um just right away also how short notice he had to do it as well and came mm-hmm. out so well. Just makes it, you know, even more great, I think. I there think... they are. Our first shot. Oh jeez. Oh, so awesome.
0: <laughs> well, it, and to be honest, I wonder you talked about the urgency sound of the music. I wonder if that had to play a part in it as well. The fact that he kinda there's an urgency to it. So almost like maybe a subconsciously the music has an urgency to it in a sense of like the pacing and like the tempos and things that he uses. Uh, that's something that I kind of thought about that you kind of mentioned there. I wonder if, again subconsciously that he had you know to whip this up pretty fast. He kind of there it kind of naturally came out that way as far as the the uh, the tones and the tempos and whatnot. And I have to say it's funny how people were really nervous about uh, who was going to replace John Williams, and G- Giacchino in a short amount of time may have wrote one of the best Star Wars scores ever a lot yeah. of people love mm-hmm. the score and I'm one of them I, it, I know what's funny my least favorite part of the score is coming up I'll let you guys know what it is but other than that like I love everything else in this movie from the score wise so yeah I wonder if that was a subconscious thing that Was a good observation there uh, Kyle
1: yeah I don't know if I would say it's like a subconscious thing because he had a, you know so little time to do it Be- just because I mean I would say it's an intentional choice to make it fit the scene the way it is Um, when you just have, you know, you've got the Imperial shuttle approaching the planet and we don't really know who's who yet, but it's just right off the bat, you're thrown into a situation where it's like, okay, something's going down and you know, some people are being put into a dire situation. Um, and the music just fits that perfectly. I mean, it, it does have its slower moments later on. Um, and of course we'll talk about the music at the end, you know, which is one of my favorite tracks in all of star Wars where you have a really tense, dramatic scene that's kind of juxtaposed with a really slow, beautiful piece of music. Um, But yeah, I think to to just throw you right into the action and the tension of the story right off the bat, I think he did a a fantastic job. Um, And like you were saying, this is, you know, for somebody having to fill the huge shoes of John Williams of scoring a Star Wars movie and do it on on last minute notice like he did. This is definitely far from my least favorite Star Wars score. I'll say that much. Um, it's, I mean, it's not my favorite and obviously John Williams is the master and the classic and, you know, I'm not saying, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, this score is better than like the best of the best, but it's, it's better than some of his stuff. I will say that I think this score
0: is by far better than the force awakens and the last Jedi minus race theme race. Theme is amazing. But overall, I think this is a better score overall compared to those uh, two other films. Probably a little bit better than Solo. I love Solo's score.
1: though. Oh, see, I think so. I'll I'll take this over Solo any day. Well, I know because you hate Han Solo. I do not hate Han Solo. <laughs> you do too. But no, anyway, I don't. Moving on, I don't hate the movie either.
2: Okay, okay. This is this whole opening sequence such a great introduction to Krennic to what type of character he's going to be for the rest of the movie. It just you immediately like him right away, even though he's mm-hmm. like. And a bad guy, but he just has this charm to him where you know you're going to love it every time he's on screen. There's like dry humor (laughs) he has. It's the way he says things.
1: Yeah, and obviously starting off uh, with you know, kind of a real dark dramatic moment here as uh, Jin is a little kid and watches her mom get gunned down by those heartless, cruel death troopers that you love so much, Tim.
2: Following orders.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They did their job thought they
2: were told to do
0: when they after they killed her they they went to her and said <laughs>
2: <laughs> well so speaking of that i mean this is probably the most we hear their voice effect in the movie yeah, i remember point, yeah. seeing it for the first time i was thinking oh man this is it. i love, love that shot love that shot yeah the the, that, that's, that's cool mm-hmm. They had a stormtrooper doll, it was awesome. <laughs> that that exists in the Star Wars universe, and Jin had one. But to see the Death Trooper hole was, like you said, an awesome shot. But you
0: gotta wonder if that's a vintage stormtrooper.
3: In there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, but I just remember thinking, like, oh man, they're going a way different route with it. I don't know how I feel about that because, like, it could be kind of played off where it might have the wrong intended effect on audiences, where they could be laughing at it. But I don't think that was the case, at least what oh, I saw no. in the theater. Yeah. Not at but, all. To me it just gives them and i said this on our review episode how it just gives them more of a mysterious feel to them it makes them more intriguing and menacing even where you got these gigantic troops all in black and they have this weird sound that could probably especially to a child like Jin, probably make at this point in her life just makes them more scary and formidable probably to even other you know enemies that they're going up against too so i think in the end, it's just a cool little added detail that makes the Death Troopers unique, along with their amazingly cool-looking design of armor.
1: Yeah, for this,
0: sure. This, this part right here, just I just love this. I love the, the the way it's shot, the way it's it's the way the actors present it. It's beautiful. I love Saw going to save this girl. Mm-hmm. This is my least favorite part of the score. Is the fanfare for Rogue One. I oh, It sounds super cheeseball to me. Like everything else is great, other than that. See, I don't I even
1: remember, mind it.
2: Yeah, I think it works fine. I remember the font they used for Rogue One. The title got a lot of kind of backlash as far as not, you know, kind of feeling a little cheaply done is what I heard. I can kind of see. I don't think it looks cheap. Yeah. It just looks, I don't know. They should just use the same font that the normal Star Wars <laughs> logos usually have, even though we didn't get a crawl. Yeah.
1: Th- this, I mean, if, this, if, if, the, oh, if the music and the font over the opening title is people's biggest complaint with the movie, I think we're okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I have to say that this in this
0: introduction to Jin is just—it's so. I love it. I love it so much because it feels like Star Wars to me with like the with the bars that remind me of Jabba's palace and and a Death Star, mm-hmm. and um or not Jabba's palace Death Star and just all that and like the stormtroopers walking by and people screaming. I'm like, holy moly! This is like this is. Radical,
1: Yeah, I love how much more of the Empire we get to see in this movie, how how just sort of dark and gritty it is. Even this shot right here, I know they're on, you know, this Rings of Caffrine or whatever, but it looks like level 1313 from Coruscant that we never got to see in yeah. that game. I mean, we, but we did see it, like, in Clone Wars and stuff. Um But, you know, I think this movie just does such a great job of painting a picture of what it's like for the the normal people living life under the empire. And, uh, you know, the people that aren't Jedi or aren't big rebel heroes or anything like that. Um, you kind of get more down in the the nitty gritty with the, the normal guys and the grunts and the spies and the civilians and stuff like that. Um, and just kind of see what the, the day to day is like, I love this scene right here, uh, as our introduction to Cassian who is probably my favorite character in this movie. Um, yeah, I agree. I always go back and forth between Cassian, K2, and Chirrut. Um I, I mean, Cheerit's just so cool with his whole, you know, the different side of the force that we get to see. Uh, K2 is just hilarious. But I think Cassian takes the cake for me because of just how, like, nuanced and layered he is. And we've, I like, we've never had such a sort of dark and conflicted and... Uh, sort of morally gray I guess you could say hero before aside from like Anakin maybe but then you know he goes full on dark side like Cassian is always true to the rebel cause he's not like turned evil or anything but he's very sort of gray in the the line that he walks and the things that he's willing to do to secure victory for the rebels Um, as we'll see right here as he's about to pop this guy
2: yeah I remember I heard things about how I like I didn't know what was going to happen, but hearing about, you know, the the characters in the movie will be some questionable moral like things. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I wonder what that's going to be. And then right off the bat, you see it right away with Cassian and how he's not going to be your typical hero rebel character that you root for like we have in other Star Wars movies and other Star Wars stories. But I totally agree. that w- That's what makes him such a great and complex character, knowing that he's not a bad guy, but he's forced to make really hard decisions, and which is something... We've never seen any rebel characters do before, but yet we know in order to survive and last this long against the fight of the Empire, they would have to do stuff like that. So, it is such a cool element to bring into Star Wars and the Rebels that we always just sort of, you know, think they were the good guys and nothing else. But they're just, you know, there's much more to go into that in the war against the Empire, and it was just great to see done mm-hmm. here.
0: Bentrick, is it Bentrick, Bentic, Bentic, right? Bentic.
2: To, be firm to two tubes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Bentic. Uh, I think it's Bentic. Two tubes. Yeah, this is one of the best alien designs in the Disney uh, era. Yeah, bar, if not the best, in my opinion, it's phenomenal. And the two tubes need to be in the uh, sagas more, more often. I love them showing up in solo. That was great. But yeah, they look phenomenal. This is so straight up Star Wars. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, this. This started as I'm a big alien guy. I love alien design. So, this seeing this right off the bat just was awesome. And to bring it back to Cassian, uh, Rogue One was the first time I really started to. Great shot right there. Rogue One's the first movie of the, of the Disney era Star Wars films that I really steered away from spoilers. And I, I you know, I've spoiled myself rotten with Rogue
1: One. But sorry, quick interruption for appreciation for the clone turbo tank. Yes. <laughs>
0: Um, But but yeah, so w- when when Cassian kills that guy, I was literally shocked. I was not expecting that. I was like, "What?" And so, oh, well, that shot right there of the stormtrooper. Um, just look how mundane they look. But yeah, so I. They're uh, just
2: doing their jobs, and then they're just gonna get killed right away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and that was that, <laughs> that, was that was guy looks sho-
2: sad.
1: Yeah, it was a very
0: shocking part to me. So
1: anyway. Yeah. Well, and I mean even if you weren't completely trying to avoid spoilers and stuff, I mean, that's not like a huge plot point because it happened so early in the movie and that guy's sure. not a super important character. So I don't think, I mean, I don't think any of us really expected to see that. And that was just, it's one of those things that gets your attention right away. And you're like, whoa, this guy is different and uh, kind of willing to do whatever he's got to do, even if it's kind of messed up.
0: Yeah. I also love when, when the rebel trooper comes in, and he goes, Alec, Leanna
1: Alec. I love that. <laughs>
0: Oh, K2's entrance is maybe one of the best in Star Wars ever.
1: Maybe, yeah. And I will say, gosh, I, I have so many good things to say about this movie. This has, I think, probably the best performances uh, like across the board, like performances by the entire cast. Yeah. I think it's the best acted Star Wars movie. Maybe aside from, it's right up there with, I will give credit to The Last Jedi. I know, uh, uh, Paul, you're probably, yeah, uh, I know you're going to be groaning because I know you've got issues with that movie. I do, too. Um, but Daisy Ridley, Mark Hamill and Adam driver are all incredible in that movie. Um, I'll give you two out of three of those. Yes. But I mean, rogue one, just the, the actors across the board, like it's just, it's just full of so many great performances. The music, the acting and the cinematography in this movie is all fantastic. That's another thing we haven't mentioned yet. And something I wanted to mention, even in that opening scene with, uh, you know with krennic landing on the planet to find galen and stuff like it's just so beautifully shot
0: what's really weird to me is that this movie really is a hodgepodge of G- gareth edwards's film and the reshoots they did with um oh my gosh what's his name forgot his name i should have see i should have researched this but i forgot his name um but the guy who who reshot and re rewrote part of the movie or half the movie is what we were what we're hearing um it this is a true testament of how you can Hollywood can't put together a hodgepodge kind of a movie and we're where because I thought this movie was gonna be terrible because of all the reshoots. I mean, when they had to reshoot half the film with six months to go, less than six months to go, I thought this is a big problem. And obviously I was way off, and it's one of my favorite Star Wars films ever. Um, but uh yeah, like uh this was uh this was a very interesting thing to kind of see Gareth Edwards as an eye for this for the camera, Kyle, mm-hmm. that you're kind of talking about, and how. Oh God, can someone look up his name before I just shoot myself for forgetting his name? The guy who
1: rewrote these shots. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm blanking on it too. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, so don't look it up while I talk. It's, it's for, Tony
1: something. I forget his last Tony name. Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, Tony Gilroy wrote. He wrote this. He wrote all the scenes. He rewrote just fit perfectly and. It's it really is an, a great testament to Kathleen Kennedy, I think, to saving this movie, and I think realizing the mistakes they made in the original draft with Gary Witta. And again, I don't know if it's Gareth Edwards's fault either, because, like you said, Kyle, this is a beautifully shot film, and that's all him. You know, mm-hmm. this is all his, uh, you know, execution. So maybe he wasn't great at doing the performances. Like maybe that's why they had the Tony Gilroy come in to. To kind of save everything from that, from a performance standpoint, but I—it is one of those things where it—it's it, amazing that this is it's turned out as well as it did, and this movie made over a billion dollars. And granted, it was coming off of uh, *The Force Awakens*, but it also is a a first standalone film, and it was a huge success. And I, mm-hmm. this was the movie. I, I just—I could not wait to rewatch the movie over and over and over again. And it, oh, yeah. it, it is, like, like I said, it's—it's it's definitely num- firmly number four as my all-time favorite star wars movie ever
1: yeah it's it's up there for me too well i'm kind of saving my overall opinions for uh you know when we after we've done all the films and we do an episode where we just rank them all um also that's such a weird shot where bail organa just comes lurking out of the background um but yet it's still a like the first awesome surprise we yeah got in this yeah movie, well, well here's the thing i feel like that's one of the that's one of those things that was probably changed goes. in reshoots because um I remember Jimmy Smith's doing an interview and he was they were asking him if he was going to be in this movie. And he said, like, you can barely even call it a cameo. So I think initially that was going to be the only scene that we see him in. And it was supposed to be like, oh, there's Baylor Organa coming up for a cameo. But then he has like speaking lines later in the movie. And so it's like, OK, why is he just weirdly lurking in the background in that one scene, you know, in the beginning? And then he just walks out and doesn't say anything. But, you, you know, you I'll, right. I'll, stop, yeah. I'll stop talking about that and start talking about K2. Uh, because he is, you know, one of the two runner runners up for my favorite character in this movie. Um, just, they absolutely nailed his humor, like yeah. just giving us a new type of droid. Who's like, you know, the anti C3PO. And I know that gets thrown around a lot, um, And i remember hearing that he was supposed to be kind of like an imperial combat droid and he was going to be like dark and sarcastic and stuff and i was like oh man i want him to be just like hk 47 from knights of the old republic um but i mean he's he's different in he's a lot different from that sort of type of character too um but man just his his dry humor and his no nonsense like speaks whatever's on his mind um and just takes nobody's crap i just love it
2: (laughs) And just previously, before Cassian got on the ship and he was talking to, uh, was it Commander Drayden? Right? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Drayden. Drayden. Right. Yeah. Okay. Again, just adding to that layer of seeing the Rebels act like we've never seen them before, giving him, you know, changing the mission, just right then and there, telling Cassian, if you see Galen Ursel, you kill him, just right there, no questions asked. And Cassian had, kind of has that hesitation to it, like, like he turns his head a little bit, but again, knows the job and he's going to do it. So, and after that intro that where we saw him kill that other informant you know that you probably will do it too when he gets the chance to do it so it does kind of keep you on your toes as far as the fate of galen urso throughout the movie is if Cassian's actually going to do that so just another great layer added to that mm-hmm. part of the rebel that, again again we never a saw great, before.
0: like you said tim a great setup from that scene that you, you're like man like yeah you could see him doing it because he's you know he already killed that one guy Uh, I have to also comment about Cassian's amazing vest that he has on. I (laughs) want that vest to wear in normal life. And I'm not even kidding. I love that vest.
2: Have they not made a pretty good replica of it (laughs) anywhere to sell? I don't know. Maybe at Galaxy's Edge they have some that's pretty similar.
1: Oh, maybe. Man, I love the design of the U-Wings too, though. That is such a great ship design. And I know I say it over and over again. (laughs) But they do a better job of creating like recreating the feel of the original trilogy, but then creating new stuff in this movie mm-hmm. than they do in like the force awakens, like the force awakens, like the, the first order tie fighters and the resistance X wings are more sort of lazy and lackluster designs than like U wings and tie defenders or not tie defenders. What's the, TIE, oh gosh, what's the, f- um, like the TIE flat look at it's tie striker. Thank you. Um, yeah the U-Wings and the TIE Strikers They didn't even have to come up with that stuff Because they could have just done X-Wings and Y-Wings And regular TIE Fighters and it would have been fine Because this totally, movie is yeah. set like days before A New Hope um, So that would have made perfect sense But for them to add stuff like Like the U-Wing and the TIE striker And Death Troopers and the Shore Troopers And like the Imperial Tanks that we'll see on Jetta, um, It's just like the designs in this movie are so amazing yeah, I wish the people I, I making feel, the sequel trilogy would have taken note.
0: It, it is really bizarre that this movie is just ridiculously designed in a good way. Like Saw's costumes, amazing. amazing. Uh, I just love Forrest Whitaker in this movie. I think he's so good. Mm-hmm. I love
1: Forrest Whitaker. And, and we haven't even fact. talked about the fact, too, that, I mean, I, I love Saw Gerrera more and more the more stuff we see him in. Like, I thought it was cool right off the bat that, oh, okay they're taking a character from Clone Wars and bringing him into live action. But then, you know, we didn't really you don't get to see a whole lot of him in this movie. And he honestly doesn't really that closely resemble the saw that we see in Clone Wars. Yeah. But then the way that they've kind of bridged the gap with him being in. Rebels and now he's going to be in Jedi Fallen Order and he becomes this character that just keeps popping up in all these stories in between episodes three and four and rather than it feeling like oh this guy again it like helps make it feel like connective tissue and everywhere that he pops up it makes sense for him to be there because he's like the only one that's got the balls to fight the Empire at that point mm-hmm.
2: What's so probably the biggest controversy of the movie Controversy? Guardians. Yeah I think there's some of that don't quite feel cg tarkin works the way that it was intended and i gotta say i remember i think it was like a little bit no we got into like a tv spot or a trailer we saw the behind like that shot we just saw of him looking at the death star from behind mm-hmm. so we knew he was going to be in it but i remember like way early on in production where there was rumors going around about tarkin's going to be in it and there's going to use recreate him with cg they're going to create the likeness of Peter Cushing with CG and I thought, well, oh, I'm not putting any stock in that rumor. I mean, the, maybe they'll have a little cameo of Tarkin like in Revenge of the Sith, but they're not going to build him like from the ground up with CG and sure enough, that's what they did and I will say this is probably, out of the whole movie, the first few shots were, and the way his movements early on doesn't quite work as well as intended where you can kind of tell that it is a CG model mm-hmm. and that when it goes back and forth between him and Krennic, you know that Tarkin is – his face is CG. So but I think as the movie goes on, maybe it's just getting used to it. Oh, but I think it does improve in other shots and in other scenes that he has. But yeah, I don't think everyone was quite on board and maybe still not on board with it.
1: Yeah, I was frankly shocked that they showed him as much as they did because um, I remember watching the movie for the first time. And like you said, I think we knew that like he was – Like we had seen those shots of like him from behind in the trailer. And then I think I remember reading like in some early reviews, people saying that, you know, there's a CG character. And I figured, oh, that's probably Tarkin. Um, But I remember like that, the camera's pushing in behind him. You see him from behind. And then I'm like, oh, are they actually going to show his face? And he turns around and sure enough, you're like, oh, okay. They actually went for it. Um, But I was still kind of expecting that the rest of the movie, like once they established it, that they would use him sort of sparingly or that the scenes that he was in, it would be a lot of shots from behind or a lot of mm. shots of uh, Krennic and you just hear Tar- Tarkin talking and maybe kind of see over his shoulder or whatever. But the amount of screen time and the amount of just straight on face time that they gave him uh, really kind of surprised me. And I feel like they maybe should have pulled back a little bit because um, I kind of have mixed feelings on that. I mean, it his role in the movie works perfectly. Like it makes perfect sense for him to be there. And they did a really good job with the CGI. Like it's, it's a phenomenal recreation, but it's not, you know, like if I, they, they get- Exactly. (laughs) Like if you were to give them a grade, it would be like a 99.5% A plus, but that 0.5% that's off still makes it like, it's a kind of a glaring uh, disconnect there because, you know, your eye is trained. Like, you know, what a human being looks like um and so when it's like it looks like a really realistic person but it's not exactly a realistic person it's like just throws you mm-hmm. off just yeah. a little bit
2: i wonder if john noel and his team at ilm just being such what knowing what perfectionists they are because wizards of special effects that they are as technology keeps improving and improving if this will be someone they would like to go back and just maybe touch up a little bit once that technology just gets better and better to make them look more seamless i don't know yeah I disney don't lucasfilm will ever give them the opportunity to but i'm sure just as you know creative forces they would want to go back and do that because you know if we notice it, they notice it too but mm. um so they probably want it to be as perfect as can be but with the technology and the time that they had to work where this probably is as good as it's gonna look.
1: yeah also i just gotta say it's weird because rogue one feels like like it's It's straight up fan service, but it's the best kind of fan service possible in the sense that there actually is a story there that's worth telling. And it doesn't feel like they're just, you know, milking the franchise or just throwing in random cameos for no reason, with the exception of Dr. Evazon, which I'll get to in a sec. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I think that scene is so dumb, but. I mean, if you think about just all the stuff that that they throw in here, the fact that the plot revolves around the Death Star plans and Kyber crystals and you've got sort of, you know, vague references to like Jedi mythology and you've got uh, cameos from like Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and R2 and 3PO and like all these, you know, there's just so many characters, so many references to the lore, so much kind of connective tissue and little Easter eggs and all this stuff. Like this really feels like sort of the brainchild of like not just gareth edwards but like him and kathleen kennedy and the whole lucasfilm story group and like it really feels like a big collaborative effort and this big just sort of melting pot of star wars stuff that kind of ends up being better than it has any right to be you know like it that easily could have gone wrong and maybe that's why they had to do so many reshoots um Cause it definitely, you can tell that there are sort of multiple hands in this and it feels like, it feels like a group of, of Star Wars people got together and said, okay, what are all the things that we want to have in a Star Wars movie? And what are things that the fans will think is cool? And what things make sense for this time period? And just, you know, how can we connect the dots and put Easter eggs and all this kind of stuff in there? And, uh, you know, surprisingly, like I said, rather than feeling like just, pointless fan service or like you know one big fan film or something it ends up being a really cool and compelling and uh sort of thrilling and moving story and film overall uh with the exception of that ugly mug right there
2: yeah <laughs> yeah this is not one instance where it's going be. yeah a little maybe too much callback and fan service there <laughs> i liked it
0: no, yeah, because I don't you, guys know, all, just, you guys are all just too harsh on it. Like, you don't want to sheep on a baba and Doctor Ebazan. I do. Yeah, because they're
1: everybody's in. favorite character.
0: They're great characters. <laughs> we'll see them some more. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. It's just a. It's a little fun, little thing. It lasts three seconds. Get just chill
2: out. No, it ruins the movie for me, Paul. <laughs> yes, I'm done not. with the commentary.
0: <laughs> I love. By the way, I love that this is like supposed to be hot, and they're wearing freaking coats.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe it's a cold desert because hey, everybody's, uh, yeah, you know, you're right. But you yeah. know what? Tatooine is kind of the same way. Why is Ben Kenobi walking through Tunisia in, you know, ankle length robes?
0: Good point. Good point.
1: That's just kind uh. of the Star Wars thing. T-shirts don't exist.
0: <laughs> I'm glad they don't.
1: Another oh. great
2: introduction to a new character in the movie. That's a, this movie's filled with great introductions mm-hmm. to its main this, characters. This
0: movie is full of great characters, period. That and and I have to say that I think Chirrut is maybe one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever. And I need to have more stories with him because he is just phenomenal. And how he's connected to the Force is
2: just, I, you know, it's, it's up for debate. But it's like how he's connected to the force, but not connected to the force. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and and I have to say, Donnie Yen
1: in his first American role, correct? Uh, just killing it as Chirrut. Yeah. And I Chirrut. love how it was his idea to make Chirrut blind, too. It, it was? Yeah. If, if, if like, I'm remembering correctly, I think he read the script and just thought, you know, hey, it's really cool that I get to play this like, you know, this warrior monk that has this spiritual side. And he believes in the force and is kind of connected to it, but doesn't use the force like a Jedi. But he was like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if like we took this guy and made him blind? Oh
0: God. Such a genius. Yep. (laughs) Like seriously, like the, like the blindness makes him like the whole character because you just, it, it, Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, Especially, you know, the
1: scene at the end when he's walking blind through the field with all the death troopers shooting at him and just reciting that, you know, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. If he could see where he was going, I mean, that scene would be so much less impactful. It would still be cool, but just it's yeah, it's one of those things that is now like just an inseparable part of the character. This and
2: this is probably my favorite moment of the movie. I mean, this I don't know, probably a lot of people won't agree with me, but I actually like this action sequence more than the whole Battle of Scarif. Well, 100%. 100,
0: Well, no, no. I love all of this, but yes, I, I with you, Tim. Like I, this is an underrated like battle right here. Yeah. Really
2: small scale, but yet, you know, a lot happening. Look at this. And the stormtroopers hit their targets. Look at that.
1: (laughs) That's true.
0: It's it's just, it's, it's a raw, real
1: war. It's because, it's because the guys that they're shooting at aren't main characters. That's why they're not missing.
2: But yet I know that's what makes it feel more real, though, that Uh (laughs) That, that the fact that, you know, there are no main characters there. We can actually see what these type of battles that rebels and the Empire have from time to time. Yeah. And I love
1: yeah, seeing these little skirmishes before the rebellion really comes together as one big alliance. Um, And just even all the backstory that we get in this movie about all the different rebel factions and... um, You know i like the like the rebel alliance itself kind of has a character arc in this movie where you see them go from this uh sort of scattered group of rebel cells where you've got saws guys that are violent and action-oriented and they're not afraid to you know ambush the empire and kill stormtroopers and stuff versus the guys on yavin that are all about uh you know strategically planning and and they really have to kind of play their cards carefully because they have very limited numbers and limited resources um, and then seeing by the end of the movie them all coming together um, and becoming the Rebel Alliance that we know from the original trilogy, it's just really cool to see that whole thing take shape. Why didn't the Muftek? Is it Muftek his name? The yeah. big white furry thing. Why didn't the Muftek
0: have more of a role? He looks rad. I know, yeah, right?
2: Show him fire his weapon or something. Yeah, <laughs>
0: seriously, he looks so cool. Why didn't they have him do more? God, I love this part. Uh, oh. Yeah,
2: I just love how the, when the ATSC comes in, you know, everyone has to. All the saws may maps to get out of there because mm-hmm. they're not going to survive too much longer against that. God, so genius. Why do we
1: not have this as a map in Battlefront?
0: Yeah, seriously. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would be pretty cool. Blast on this would be perfect. Oh, yeah.
0: Ugh, I just made I missed the old uh Rogue One map from the first Battlefront. Great. I ugh, love the stuff. These action scenes are
1: great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the way that all this action is like staged and choreographed and stuff is just Such
2: a great bit with K2 there. S- yeah, so well done.
1: <laughs> Did you know that wasn't me?
2: I, the audience every time I saw it, they all went,
1: "Oh no." Like <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> Even though this is this gag is really ridiculous and eh, I, I it's still I love it.
2: I just like that. We're seeing the stormtroopers use more, you know, weapons that they have to in their arsenal than just their standard blaster, even though they don't work. But it's mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of see them use it or make an attempt to use it was nice. Right. To see. Oh, I, I, you
0: know, I, I'm one of the people that people say that uh, or that defends the, the beginning part of this movie. A lot of people say Jetta stuff is slow. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: Oh, yeah. I have to disagree oh, yeah. On that. No, I mean, especially all these parts. You got, like you said, some of the best action in the movie uh, right here. I I don't know if I'd go so far as to agree with you guys and say this is better than the stuff on Scarif. Um, especially because you know how much I love space battles and ships and everything. Well, I did say ground battles. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh, still, oh. the... I don't know. I mean, these are, these are also great. I absolutely love that moment where k2 slaps cassian especially knowing the behind the scenes where uh alan tudyk just improvised that and if you look closely you can tell that uh diego luna is trying not to crack up because he had no <laughs> idea that was coming
2: yeah i've ever seen the few shots of cheroot's fight with the stormtroopers in the trailer it got me real excited for the sequence here mm-hmm. now this is something i wish would have lasted a little longer because it's just action sequence we never really get to see in star wars too much a martial arts expert taking out stormtroopers oh heck yeah it's we so could cool. watch
1: donnie yen beating up stormtroopers all day it's true and i just love this here as he's you know you can tell that his senses are heightened and he's paying attention to where the footsteps are and all that kind of stuff and then just springs into action and man kicks butt and and takes names
2: incompetence of the stormtrooper yeah keep shooting your you know, fellow trooper right
1: there yeah <laughs> Well, that's why they're not death troopers.
2: Exactly.
1: Why didn't Why
0: didn't a stormtrooper take a shot instead of walking up to him? That that doesn't make any sense. Because they're
2: stormtrooper. <laughs> because is, they need I him to look cool and troopers, not get though, shot. Man, this is, a,
1: this is a rough way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, Whoa. another
2: great entrance for Bezo. Mm-hmm. Showing what he's all. And about. his gun is so cool. As cool as the. Um, uh, was it a children's like type book? I forget. It's like a junior book. Yeah, the Guardians
1: uh, of the Wills. Yeah, yeah. It tells you how one. that gun, tells you how that
2: X wing we see in the back room or the background got crashed there. A lot of cool stuff with True and Days in that story.
0: It was it. It was an all right story. I we need more though. Yeah, yeah definitely. More, yeah, we
1: but, need. <laughs> right now, it's all we got. <laughs> and heck, I would love to see more with just those two characters. But even something that's completely separate from them, but just dealing with the Guardians of the Wills. Like, I want to know more just about that whole side of things.
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: I believe he got his
2: gun or from like one of the Imperial tanks that were patrolling around. Yeah, Germany. something oh, like that. Okay. Uh, It's a great dialogue between Chirrut and Baze too. <laughs> the yeah. Force protect me. I protected you. <laughs> and then coming up pretty soon right here, probably the funniest line in the whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it, I, I think it's it's low-hanging fruit. But still. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's <pretty funny.
1: laughs> It's perfect low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It's something I totally did not see it coming when I saw it. In the videos. That was I. I specifically remember seeing this on opening night. This was the the part that made me laugh the hardest. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Because <laughs> uh. it is ridiculous. No. Why would you blindfold him? I know, but it's, it's yeah. so
2: we don't like Panda Bob and Doctor Amazon, You don't like the Are you kidding me? I'm blind. So
1: <laughs> I like
0: it, but it's just so obviously in like an ADR like thing. I don't know.
2: Oh, just yeah. I, just these, these shots
1: in these movies, just seeing the mm-hmm. star destroyer
2: fly over Jeddah is
1: so cool. Yeah, again, it's just it's even if the story in this movie wasn't as good as it is, it's just so chock-full of just Star Wars moments and Star Wars visuals and Star Wars aesthetic. like, oh, It's just so good.
0: I, I think that this uh, movie has a great blend of CGI to really use backdrops and things like that. Uh, what's really f- interesting is that this movie feels like they – way more of a galaxy-spanning film than either of the sequel trilogy films.
1: Oh, definitely. I think we see more different environments um, and different planets and stuff in this movie than we do in probably any of the the other uh, Disney-era films. Um, Maybe. I'd have to go back and count. But I know, I mean, this has a lot of different locations, from like the planet that they start on with Galen at the beginning to... Uh, even like seeing them on a Coruscant in flashbacks and being here on Jeddah and Yavin and Scarif and Eadu and, uh, the prison planet that Jin is on and the space station that Cassian's on at the beginning, you know, we get to go all over the place. I think that's why they decided to go with like the, uh, the subtitles and the, the, I guess you'd call them subtitles. Like when you go to like, every time they go to a new planet and it has like the text telling you what planet it is. I think that's really cool. No, I agree. I,
0: again, it, making it different from the other films. It's a great way of distinguishing itself from the saga films. And, yeah, it, it's, it's, just, it's just really funny to me how this movie seems so much bigger than either of those two films.
1: Yeah, definitely. More great dialogue from Chirrut here, too, as they're uh, sitting here in the prison and he's, um, you know, telling Cassian about the cages he's been in. I will say that's one other thing that I don't like about this movie. So I I wouldn't say I don't like, but something I feel is kind of unnecessary. It was when you see saws guys all out there, you know, playing to Jarek and stuff. I feel like in all the Disney films, it's like, they almost feel like it's a requirement that we have to have a scene. That's an homage to the Mos Eisley Cantina where (laughs) we have weird aliens sitting around drinking and playing games and stuff, whether it's Maz's castle or saws hideout or, uh, canto bite or, um, you know, obviously Solo's is chock full of them and it works for that movie. But I'm just like, really, we're in the middle of like an Imperial war mission and things are all tense and everything. And we have to stop and be like, Oh, here's the cantina scene.
2: Yeah. But like you said, this one, not too much of the effect of those or the scale of those ones were Yeah, a little sequence, but you know, I like the sequence here with Saul and Gen 2, just establishing the relationship that they have. And even though they couldn't get into it too much in the movie, the, Book Rebel Rising by uh, that focuses on Jin's early days in her history with Saul just makes this scene even better when you actually learn the details of how and why Saul left her all alone there. It just makes the scene even better. You understand Jin's frustration and why she's so upset with him, but at the same time, we understand the regret that Saul has as well.
1: Yeah, I wish we had gotten to see more of him in this movie and more of younger saw that we see like when he rescues uh Jen at the beginning. Because I think I know I know they shot a lot more stuff with him that just didn't end up in the movie. Um stuff that we even saw glimpses of in like earlier trailers and stuff like that. Um I mean I remember when we were doing the podcast like speculating about Rogue One and stuff back before the movie came out and how annoyed you were Tim that there was so much in the movie that was uh or so much in the trailers that wasn't in the final movie. Yeah.
2: especially on Scarif but
1: the Saw stuff was another one yeah I just now that I'm more invested in the character and now that he keeps popping up in more places like now I'm more curious to know like oh what was his role gonna be and what other stuff were we gonna get to see with him at the time it didn't really bother me that much um just because again his role in just this movie itself doesn't end up being all that consequential um I mean, this scene right here is really important, but he's just, you know, overall, he's not a huge character in this, but now knowing more of the role that he plays in sort of the time period in the rebellion overall, I'm i am more interested to know what sort of their initial plans were for him.
2: I like Jin's dialogue here too, where she's, you know, she's the main protagonist in this movie. But yeah, right now, she wants nothing to do with the Rebels. She pretty yeah. much hates them and just <laughs> as much as the Empire does. She even says they're the cause for all the pain in her life. Nothing's good that's come from the cause as she likes to call it. So, just again, more great stuff with the arc that she goes on throughout the movie. It was kind of refreshing to see from a lot of our main protagonists in this with Cassian and Jin not being your typical heroes that you're used to.
0: Mm-hmm. And great performances that we all kind of talked about. Again, w- another great performance is coming up, but I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to get my word in about the the Tarkin CGI stuff. I think I'm one of the only people that loved it. It didn't mind it from the very sh- first shot of the movie. And again, I stayed away from all the trailers and teasers uh, after that the 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 last main one we got in I think in August for uh, Rogue One. So, I stayed so so far away that I totally was not did not know he was gonna be in the movie and I ended up just being blown away and thought he looked fantastic. Still think it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's CGI, but the heart and the intent is there and
2: I love it. Yeah, definitely. Can't argue that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think they did as good as they could have done with the technologies they have for right Yeah, there.
1: exactly.
2: I, I like uh, Krennic's line. You know, he's kind of disappointed that Vader and the Emperor didn't show up for what was supposed to be his grand moment of triumph. Yeah. But Tarkin wanted to stay from the embarrassment if it didn't go right. But Ugh. so much good stuff with Tarkin and Krennic.
0: Oh, one of my favorite things to tell you guys while uh, I'm playing Battlefront I'm the pilot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're never the pilot. What are you talking about? I was going to say, how long I know, you say
2: that? <laughs> because we never played Starfighter Assault with you.
0: <laughs> I'm the pilot. I always <laughs> say it to you guys when we're playing.
1: Uh, this is a little weird here. Like the whole Borgullet thing, and Bodhi is apparently, like, you know, he's completely out of it. And seems to be, you know, going a little nuts after the thing, like, sucked on his brain or whatever it did. And now suddenly here's Cassian and he reminds him, like, oh, yeah, you're you're a pilot. And then for the rest of the movie, he's, like, fine.
2: I guess it's just temporary effects that poor Gullet has on its yeah. victims. And just need someone to uh, snap your mind back and place.
1: Man, again, just, like, the visual of the Death Star. Just the way the Death Star hangs over the planet, like. Yeah. This, so many great shots
2: this whole sequence was beautifully directed the way it was mm-hmm. shot the music the how it goes back and forth between Galen's and speech and the Death Star blowing up Jedha it was just beautifully done
1: yeah and again like I'll talk about this again when we get to the end too but this is another good example of like a really sort of dark tense dramatic moment that's perfectly paired with uh well i guess they're kind of cutting back and forth between like a really like an impending doom kind of moment and a really tender emotional moment and uh the music kind of reflecting both but definitely you know the the way that the music swells and everything it's playing more towards the emotional side with Jin, but then having that just juxtaposed with the death star being about to blow everybody away it's just a really cool uh you know pairing of kind of unexpected elements that works really well. I
0: think this uh, scene is so beautiful. And um, oh my gosh. Fel- uh, Felicity gosh. Jones. I couldn't I, only, I wanted to call her Felicia Hardy. That's the black cat from Marvel. Who she uh, did play
2: in The Amazing Spider-Man. Which too. you're right, she did. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> uh, Felicity Jones' performance in this and, and with the light uh, coming off of her face uh, of her father is so beautiful. Yeah, I love it. And that yeah. is a great performance here, too. Mm-hmm. It's this is great stuff. Great, great stuff. You can't again. Like you said, Kyle, this is great performances. Yeah. Tell I tell you remember- what,
1: like it's weird. because I haven't watched Rogue One in a while. And it's one of those movies that I keep wanting to go back and rewatch because I love it. And I just haven't had the time to. Um, and we're watching it now. And we've obviously we've got it muted so that you guys don't hear the audio in the background, uh, you know, through our, our mics and stuff. Um, we're just just watching it with subtitles but i'm like within the next like week or so i want to watch this again with the audio on and be because i like i've i've listened to the soundtrack countless times but i it really is kind of lessening the experience watching this without the music in this scene
2: i remember just getting a big smile on my face just hearing him talk about what he says we called it the death star like (laughs) the kind of feel like like the first time so many people are hearing that name. But also, too, how mm-hmm. he goes about his plan for revenge and how he had put a flaw in there so small that they wouldn't be able to detect it. All that stuff that used to be talking about. How could, like, the Empire allow this one little small detail be the cause of its biggest destruction? <laughs> because because of-
1: heaven forbid a moon-sized space station needs an exhaust pipe. Your car <laughs> needs an exhaust pipe.
2: <laughs>
1: Again. Again- Go, ahead. Go ahead, Paul.
0: I was, uh, you know, I I just think that there was that might have been a a really like silly criticism because it's a movie and everything, but I'm not sure if John Knowles' intention was to correct that, retcon that necessarily, but it definitely works.
2: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But it makes makes it even better now. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: was for a purpose. Yeah, I agree. Like, it it wasn't something that needed explanation or needed fixing, but now that it's there, I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, for the people that needed an explanation, they have one, and for those of us who never really cared to begin with, now we just have more, you know, there's just more to the story, Um, and it certainly didn't hurt at all. It just adds more explanation, and uh, now when you see luke destroy the death star in a new hope you know all the people that sort of sacrificed and helped make that happen and at the same time i don't think it takes anything away from what luke did like just because galen made it so that you know if you hit the death star reactor um you know it'll it'll explode like he put a kill switch in there but he still i don't think he even mentioned anything about the exhaust port specifically um, or he just, you know, he just said in order to find it, like, you're going to have to find the uh, the Death Star plans on Scarif. Um, so he didn't tell them exactly what to do. And also, like, for Luke to make that shot, it was still like a one in a million shot, like Han said. So, um, I mean, I- I've heard yeah. some people criticize it. Like, oh, the, you know, it takes away from what Luke did or whatever. Like, I, I obviously, never thought of that Obviously, at Luke's, all. yeah, Luke's still is a hero and made a heck of a shot and did something that only he could do but again knowing just how many people came before and like the sacrifices that they made to make that possible is i think just even adds more to it and makes it really cool totally
2: again and then just seeing the impact like on the ground level what a death star blast can do not even at full strength obviously because the whole planet didn't blow up but just seeing the destruction that it causes firsthand from all these people here and us as an audience getting to see which is so cool and just like a thrilling moment, too. It's a, short, it's a short sequence, but still a really cool one to see play out as you're as they're trying to make the escape from Jeddah and they viewing. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what story we still need to see is how Saw gets from where he is, like in the final season of Rebels to being, you know, the the Saw that he is in here where he's. You know got a couple screws loose he's got a couple mechanical limbs like he's got the breathing problems and and we know i think they they explained in the visual guide that the breathing problems and the reason he needs that tube are is because of kind of side effects from like the poison gas that he breathed in on geonosis when he was investigating like what happened there and we see that in rebels so it's like that could have been something that just started causing him health problems over time um but obviously he still had all of his arms and legs at that point so and still got more story gaps to fill in with him.
2: I was hoping we would get a mention of Steela or Ahsoka by I saw in the movie. I know that was a long shot, but just the fact that he was a character being brought in from the Clone Wars, there could be a chance that we may hear some cool name drops, but... Yeah,
1: I was hoping for Steela. I guess I never even really thought of Ahsoka, but that would have been awesome. Yeah. Just
2: knowing that she was one of the main characters who trained them early on, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been cool that if he gave her a little recognition at some point, but... Uh, I love the scene here. Just credit thinking—he's on top of the universe right here. He, he's so successful. He, you can just see the arrogance he has walking past Tarkin, know. and knowing that. he's, <laughs> well, he's like, like no, does that yeah. l-
1: br- the tiniest little shoulder bump as he walks? Yeah. past
2: him. Well, he's also smirking too. Like I told yeah. you. Yeah. Like and
0: yeah.
2: The first thing he has, and you'll tell the Emperor as much. Yep. And then. Pretty soon comes a line, Paul has ruined for me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I for, oh, my gosh. I almost <laughs> forgot about it. How could I forget? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah I, I knew. I was like, wait, no, there's a different line that Paul always says during Battlefront from this movie. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> what, he doesn't
0: say it. He doesn't say it. when did he... Oh, yeah, It's after, after this. this. After he yeah, loses yeah. it. <laughs> and if you're wondering what it is, it's coming up. And I will try to mouth it with him as best I can. Just <laughs>
3: have a that's <laughs> All right, what there, Smiegel. Like.
0: That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what he sounds. sounds like. Little doll there. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, he's all. He's yeah. all like, that's what he does. He has a little spit in his mouth.
1: <sighs> uh, I mean, the first ben time he's just Friday, such a great actor.
0: Watching. Oh yeah, dude, he is. He's phenomenal. Yeah,
1: this is this was the first thing I had ever seen him in. But then he's also my favorite character in Captain Marvel. You know, yeah, I've only, that
0: too. He's also well, well. for us, Tim, he's in uh, Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yeah, that's the first movie I saw him in. Yeah, oh, well, what you say for us? I've seen that movie too. Just I guess I haven't watched it but recently enough to. But we're
0: we're the comic book people, yeah. the superhero people. That's that's why I say that, and I mean no disrespect, but 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 Tim also knows I don't like that movie, so. you yeah. <laughs> hey, Ewing, you're right, guys. That that is. A great ship design. Again, Uh why don't these people, why can't these people, and a lot of these people worked on the sequel trilogy, you know, I know, I mean, why couldn't they make this stuff for the sequel? (laughs) I hate you, JJ.
1: Well, and I think, yeah, I I think a lot of it, because, yeah, like you said, Doug Chang and a lot of those people that, you know, also worked on designs for The Force Awakens, but I think maybe JJ and Lawrence Kasdan, like, had some more specific ideas of what they wanted to go with. And they've also talked about with, the uh, With The Force Awakens, how their goal was really to re- the remind, remind the audience of what Star Wars is and what Star Wars is all about, which I still, you know, begrudge them to this day because I'm like, you know, you act like Revenge of the Sith wasn't a great movie and like we needed a palate cleanser or something like that.
2: But It's funny that you say that. I mean, I don't want to go to a whole Force Awakens tangent because I'm sure we will when we get to that commentary. But it's when you said. Remind people what Star Wars is all about. That's not what Star Wars is all about. It's not just the original trilogy and the ships that you <laughs> love so much. Mm-hmm.
3: But,
2: so we'll get it all to that on Episode Seven. With a lot of praising too. So I don't, I don't want to make people prepare that it's going to be nothing but bashing in about lack of ideas or designs. But there's a lot to love in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Oh, definitely... you know.
1: Okay. So I feel like half of our Force Awakens commentary is going to be some of our criticisms about the sequel trilogy, and the other half is going to be. Me and Paul gushing about Kylo Ren and Tim gushing about Phasma for the 35 seconds that she's on screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got to make a count. Shots that's for fired. Sure. <laughs> shots fired. Hey, I, I will give you this. Like I said, I, I was playing as Phasma in Battlefront earlier today before we got on and recorded and uh, she kicks some butt.
2: She is the best villain character I do with whenever I play heroes and villains.
1: So. I'm sure that's no coincidence. Yeah, probably not. <laughs>
0: Ironically, Han Solo is mine now.
1: Do you have? Well, that's not surprising given how much you love Solo.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I I made myself good with him because I wanted to get (laughs) those skins and play as a young Han. Oh, that makes sense. He's. I actually learned that he's a lot of fun to play with. I love playing with him.
1: Yeah. See, you got your Solo. Tim's got his Phasma, and I play as Anakin and Obi Wan all the time because I'm a Clone Wars nerd. So there
0: you go. You're one of those people.
1: Yep. Unashamedly. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They nerfed Anakin into the ground. Like it's not even unfair to play as him anymore. Okay. But damn. anyway, back to Rogue One.
0: <laughs> why is it by the way, why isn't there any Rogue One characters like, like Jin or or Krennic uh playable heroes for? I know
1: they should have
2: just stuff. carried him over from the first game. Yeah, I know. I think it's just because they've been so I think it's just they because the models, they've, been so f-
1: it's just they've been so focused on adding uh, prequel and Clone Wars content because that's been sort of the biggest demand from the community but hopefully we'll get to see these guys put back in there at some point yeah hopefully because I mean again I, I love all the Clone
0: Wars stuff but give us give us more give us more of everything man we, we all we just want content and yeah everyone I mean I think most people love uh, Star Wars Rogue One. So,
1: have we done a commentary yet where we haven't taken a second dimension Battlefront and wanted to play one of the planets from the movie and the yeah you know, in the game or something like that? No, but why <laughs> wouldn't? No.
2: Yeah, I, don't know. I will say, Edu would be an awesome planet in the first Battlefront game when you're playing uh, Starfighter Assault on when you're. D- oh in the yeah,
1: of- Ugh,
0: Starfighter Assault. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but again, just a another cool different visual planet here that's the thing with as many different planets as they hop around to in this movie they all have unique looks and like a, a unique you know reason for going there you could feel like i mean it would be easy to do a movie like the force awakens where it really just kind of takes place on three planets and that's kind of all that the story demands i guess there's four right. planets in that movie but um you know with this it's like i love just the diversity of the locations and uh you know, they all feel like unique Star Wars places. Yep, totally.
2: I think Edu is kind of the most underrated planet in this movie because it's all about Scarif and Jeddah, But sometimes you know, don't hear Edu
1: mentioned a lot. But mm-hmm. no, and is this another is great this has another, and a pretty cool sequence. Yeah, it ha- they've got a great action sequence coming up here. I love this squadron
0: up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great line. As I I, when you know, he says "Squadron up," you're like, oh. <laughs> "You know what's going down?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Star Wars fans know what's going down.
1: Yeah. Gosh, such a great. This is such a great war movie slash sort of espionage flick. Um, and obviously, you get the all-out war on um, Scarif at the end. But even showing, you know, stuff like this, showing like the realities of wartime and sort of what these rebels will be going through um and even to jump ahead a little bit like once the rebel squadron comes and like you know you got people dying by friendly fire and and stuff like that um I guess it's not quite friendly fire because Draven wanted to kill Galen Erso but um you know for Jin like she's joining up with the rebels but like they're the ones that end up killing her father so you know like I said it just adds to that whole like the messy gray area um and showing that not everything's black and white and it's not always, you know, the clear, you know, noble hero versus the black clad evil villain.
2: It's like Cassian's frustration is really showing in the sequence right there. It was like everyone's wanting to go along with him. He just like just stick to fixing those complicates who starts busting up or chiming in on his opinion. Mm-hmm. Then you hear true, you know. Again, playing that thing where is he force sensitive or not? Because he senses, you know, kinda of little darkness in Cassian right here, but telling Jin, you know, what what Jin wants to hear as far as making her wanting to go follow him just to make sure what she thinks is gonna happen doesn't happen. But
1: Yeah. Yeah, and a really cool line he says there when he's like, you know, the force moves darkly around a creature that's about to kill. Like you said, that does kind of bring into question, like, okay, we know he can't use the force, but how like does he just believe in it or you know how in tune with it is he like how what's his level of force sensitivity
2: this is a cool shot of just seeing the x-wings take off <laughs> Probably, yeah, just really Man,
1: every cool. shot on yavin here whether it's you know seeing oh my gosh just that yeah i love x-wings i love I mean, star wars ah <laughs> this movie's amazing i mean they didn't even have to put that in the movie they said you know
2: squadron up target edu you know what's going to happen. You could see X-Wings just coming into Edu and that would have been cool in itself. But no, we got to see that one little shot of them taking off and mm-hmm. launching from Yavin just
1: made for a really, really cool few seconds. Yeah, but as I was saying, like, just all the shots on Yavin, like those X-Wings taking off, mm-hmm. the any shots where the E-Wing was taking off or landing or whatever, and you see, you know, kind of the... It's like sunset colors, but I don't think it's really the sunset. It's just, you know, because of the big giant red planet that they've got hanging overhead just great visuals
2: and more great dialogue between Chirut and B. <laughs> Like they just mm-hmm. know each other so well <laughs> yeah
1: I don't need luck I have you he just yeah. knows that he can't help but follow along and get tangled up in whatever mess Chirrut's getting into and then K2 just the one left by himself on the ship going eh, if he comes back we're leaving
2: I'm <laughs> not caring about anybody yeah. except Cassian.
1: And again, just great sort of just positioning here of, you know, sort of moving all these pieces into place for just a really tense kind of showdown. Um, and again, you know, just the music really just adding to everything um, and just the whole, you know, again, the visuals of it being in the, the rain at night and uh yeah you know with Jin climbing up there trying to save her father cassian up on the cliff trying to snipe her father and you know then wondering what krennic is up to you know bringing them all out there um i think it's cool too that
2: we're just seeing another avenue of the empire like their science division (laughs) yeah and (laughs) that that they're just regular
1: scientists dudes like they're not all uh you know you, you get the sense that like there are civilians that work for the empire they're not all sort of on board with all the uh sort of tyranny that the empire is uh ruling with you know for some of them they're just like normal people with a job yeah yeah
2: death troopers in the rain is another awesome visual mm-hmm. i just wish their visors or lenses glue uh green like we saw like a lot of images and the visual guide books That would have been cool to see in the season. Yeah, that would have been really cool.
0: Krennic has to have his hat on because it's raining.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Again, we know that Galen and Krennic had a history, but doesn't get explored too much in the movie. But again, the book Catalyst.
0: Oh, great book!
2: It really is, and just really adds to their dynamic. And it got off to such a cool start where they were uh, Galen and uh, and his family were rescued by. Krennic during the Clone Wars as they were being held captive by separatists and that's what started their friend like friendly relationship and their working relationship and it was it was real first like the beginning of it wasn't just Krennic you know trying to climb the ladder of the Imperial hierarchy which happened really quickly for him but still it came out in good places it kind of sucks to see where it all ended right here where you know Krennic was probably all intent was going to kill him right here no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. I gotta say, ponchos are amazing in Star Wars. I gotta (laughs) say that right
2: now. Is there a bad poncho in Star Wars? I don't think so. There's not. They're all great. Yeah, not really. Oh man! You see, Death Troopers. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised. Krennic said fire and they didn't fire right away right, right away there
1: so <laughs> yeah that's that's one of view. those like movie kind of tropes like you know when the villain's about to kill the hero but then somebody breaks into the building like 10 stories below and instead of just killing them anyways they're like oh we gotta <laughs> go investigate what that was
0: well I think it's human nature to be honest like because you, your you're parent you're about to like murder someone and then you get like you hear something, you get distracted, and you're like, "Well, what's going on?" Like, you know but what I mean? But he said like,
2: fire like a, maybe a second before Galen reacted to it, where the death I, was how elitely trained they are, they should have had their fingers but, on the trigger. Yeah, I think
0: I think told them to not. I think he knew that he wanted mm. he was gonna he wanted. Oh, that's to- a good point. I think he knew this was gonna happen. Oh, he was trying to just draw him out. Exactly. So I think they were trained not to fire unless he, you know, otherwise. Yeah, I
3: could like that be.
2: idea. I, I I always thought that. I like his dialogue here too. Just
1: knowing that he knows that Death Star is successful. So or...
0: great. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> he's so arrogant to the point where it's yeah. like almost cartoony, but it works because you get when you see that way, when you see the way that Tarkin treats him, and you know realize kind of. Krennic's place within the Imperial hierarchy. It's like, it's, he's not like the top bad guy being like, ha! Oh, let me tell you about how I murdered all these people. It's like, he really relishes those small victories because he's desperate to prove himself and, you know, make his way to the top.
2: I like how he mentioned is the last remaining remnants of the Jedi. Like, you know how important <laughs> I probably must know that how Palpatine wants any reminder of the Jedi gone from the galaxy, and he thinks he's done that with the Death Star by destroying Jedi. So I just like that little acknowledgement of, you know, part of the... I guess if he's gonna make a report to the Palpat- to Palpatine of all the accomplishments he had with the Death Star being successful, the last remnants of the Jedi is probably first on his list that he wants to bring up to him. Yeah. So I just like that he mentioned it.
1: Yeah, and now we get the sense that, oh, uh-oh, Woo! you know... The Rebels aren't... There's Rebels there, we... Sh- should call off the attack but it's too late and then yeah just those X-Wings flying in in the rain amazing
2: again seeing something we haven't seen before in a Star Wars movie it's like a type of combat for the X-Wings not even fighting any enemy fighters just yet but just destroying a base and we've done tons of times in video games but you see it actually in a movie
1: yeah just making a strafing run on ground targets yeah
2: we got a little bit in the, de- the New hub of course, with the Death Star, but n- nothing quite on this level where they're really doing damage to a to right. the location that they want to. Yeah,
1: and see, you know what else we see for the first time in this movie is Y-Wings actually being used as bombers and, like, actually yeah. dropping uh, bombs. I thought you were going to talk smack about my favorite ship.
2: No! Because yeah, this is what they're designed for. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I yeah, exactly, and especially after years of playing video games know, even in the original battlefront games where the y-wing was like the bomber class for the rebel ships and you know you're firing these big uh you know proton bombs or whatever um that we never really saw in the original trilogy or anything and so um you know getting to see them actually in action and doing things that we've only sort of heard about them doing or only played in video games and getting to see that played out on screen finally is really cool it's kind of the same and- with like Chewie's bowcaster in Force Awakens. Like we'd never really <laughs> seen that used as anything other than a regular blaster, and it's like, well, why does he carry a giant crossbow around? And then in Force Awakens, you're like, oh, that's why. And oh, that's why Chewie carries a big laser bow around because he can <laughs> shoot a freaking Tie Fighter without looking at it.
2: I like this quick shot of the Death Trooper just quickly guarding Krennic's entrance into a shuttle. Like <laughs> they're just so. In tune to what their duties are, protecting credit yeah. no matter what, and they they're, they're aiming right up at the
1: they're aiming up at the sky too. It would have actually been cool to see one of them shoot down an X-wing. That would have been awesome. I mean, it, it would have been a little ridiculous, but it also would have been like, oh, these guys are like serious business.
2: Hey, they helped take out uh, took out the Bendu in the Rebel season three finale. That's true. So they could
1: take out an X-wing. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but he also had 80 ATs firing on him, so.
2: I like to imagine the Death Troopers like blaster got in the last shot that took him out, <laughs> even though the at did the most of the damage. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's one of those things where it, it's this is super dramatic, but it works.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I think we I mean, obviously by this point we get enough of a sense of their relationship and we're invested in Jin enough but then we've also seen enough of galen to know that like just because he was working for the empire like you know he's somebody that we can sympathize with and root for too um so i think you know you can totally buy their relationship and the dynamic that's happening and feel her sense of loss obviously
2: and it should be dramatic because i mean as we saw in the beginning of the movie she hasn't seen her father since she was a little girl and mm-hmm. to the fact that of telling the rebels that she hopes he's dead for all she cares. There was a great moment too, like, in that Rebel Rising book, where she's having a conversation with Saw, and I think I forget exactly how she finds out, but it's pretty much she finds out that her father is alive, work helping the Empire. And she just loses it, like this yes. is so betrayed mm-hmm. by him.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, that the book, well, the that book specifically. Excuse me, because I always get that in Catalyst confused. Rebel Rising is a really hit and miss for me. Love the shot by, by uh, Bay's, Oh, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one
2: crew store trooper wrecking machine, man. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously.
0: Yeah. But in in Rebel Rising, it's kind of a mixed bag book. I, there's some great stuff in it. There's some really kind of eh stuff in it too. But that was a great part. You kind of learn why she says that in the movie where she says, I hope he's dead. There's a reason why. And it's yep. because she believes that he was willingly helping the Empire. And again, makes that part where he reveals to her in the hologram uh, that why he's doing everything. And, and, and then she realizes that everything she thought was a lie, basically. And she, act, you know, he actually is doing the right thing. So it's a really it's that moment's even more beautiful because yeah. of the book Rebel Rising.
2: Yeah, because that you see it on the expression of her face of how yep. but probably all the regret she must having, of, you know, the feeling that way for so many years about her father was doing all that just to protect her. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So now it's, it's interesting. Cause I remember, I distinctly remember the thoughts I was having at this point in the movie when I saw it for the first time, because I don't know if you guys read any of like the reviews or even just the initial like Twitter reactions that came out when the critics first got to see this and people were raving about this movie saying it was the best star Wars since the empire strikes back and all this kind of stuff. And so I went into this with really high expectations because I let all that stuff get to me. And I, you know, now I try to ignore that as much as I can. Although it's really hard. Cause when people have seen a new star Wars movie and you haven't like, you don't want to be spoiled, but at the same time, it's like, man, yeah. I gotta know a little something. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember that all of that hype had set my expectations super high. And at this point, as they're leaving EDU, I'm thinking to myself, man, this is good, but I don't know if it's amazing. And then from this point to the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, now it's amazing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, again, like now that I've seen it multiple times and, you know, knowing what to expect from the story, I do. I enjoy it all the way through, like even if it's a little bit slower in the beginning or, you know, it doesn't have the explosive action and stuff that it does at the end. um, Still lots of great action scenes, lots of great character moments um, and lots of just great Star Wars universe stuff that's the best way i can say it. this movie is just chock full of good star wars stuff
2: yeah this is a great moment between Jin and cassian here too both of them <laughs> making really good points yeah especially what cassian saying he's been in this fight since he was six years old <laughs> yeah that's right one there.
1: of my favorite what... car- one of my favorite character moments for him is this scene for sure
0: i love the meme that that was going around like suddenly star wars is real for you i've been in this fight since <laughs> i was six years yeah. old yeah <laughs> that's
2: right I actually, don't see that one around too much anymore, but you're right. When this movie came, came out, that was <laughs> pretty much
0: everywhere. Yeah, that was I mean, it's it's a it's a very gatekeeper like meme, but it's still funny. hmm <laughs> I love when Baze kinda lays back and says, I do love that. <laughs> yeah. You said to follow a little trap.
2: Here we go.
1: <laughs> i lost
0: it at This. at oh, oh wow. my gosh i was i,
1: I was like remember, Is it could it be <laughs> yeah i remember i was sitting in the theater with uh jason hunt and joey letson who are a couple buddies of mine who i've done panels and podcasts and stuff with before um and we saw this together opening night and you know, you see Mustafar and it's like, oh my gosh, is that Mustafar? And then as it pans up and you see Vader's castle, we all just leaned over and looked at each other with our mouths hanging on the floor. Like (laughs) what? And this is obviously before even like the Vader comics and stuff that we have now where they explain more of like how he built the castle and all that kind of stuff. And even like Vader immortal and the, uh, the VR experience that they have at Disneyland where, you know, you go to Mustafar and stuff. This was like our first, Sort of canon introduction to this, but just being longtime Star Wars fans, you know, we knew that like the idea of Darth Vader having a castle was something that had been around in Legends for a long time, and that I think even it was something that came from George. Like it was something that was in like one of the initial Empire Strikes, Strikes or, Back, or maybe it was concept art from Ralph. I think it was a, a Ralph yeah, it was concept, concept, art. concept art. Yeah,
0: it was concept um, art from Empire Strikes Back because he was it, the snow. Pl- he was supposed to have a uh, castle on a snow planet and uh with the gargoyles kind of protecting it and that was yeah again original thing but they bring it back for this again i love yeah. that the, the echoes from the past that george wanted to do they're bringing it back in this and vader's and, castle is just a brilliant it looks brilliant the story behind it is brilliant in my opinion and yeah everything about it is awesome i love the fact that it's on mustafar
1: yeah and the the shot where the door opens and then you cut to Krennic and see the shadow of Vader towering over him on that wall behind him is one of the best shots in all of Star Wars. I was going to say in this movie, that's one of my favorite Star Wars shots ever.
2: It was just even cool seeing Vader in a to tank. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We know he has to go through these healing procedures to, you know, even though when he's out of the suit, but just to see, you know, that messed up charred body, body of Anakin that Obi-Wan messed up on Mustafar and he's back on Mustafar where it all happened it was just really really cool and I will say um, one complaint I don't, I don't want to call it a complaint maybe but one thing I wish they would have stuck with or not gone with in the comic was how it was Vader's choice to go back to Mustafar and to build his castle but where in the visual dictionary it's kind of something that I believe Palpatine made him go here and it was just, I just thought that was such such a palpatine thing to make him live on the planet where he lost everything and truly became mm. darth vader but i just like that it would really have vader delve into his hatred more and i could see why palpatine would want that but well yeah no. No,
0: but palpatine but palpatine heavily influenced him to do it on mustafar because he kind of told him that there's you know if i i have to reread that vader series which twists my arm right but he did say uh, it's your
2: choice to kind of let him you know yeah, yeah, but I think, but I
0: think he put like, but again, I think Palpatine knew he wanted him to be here. He, I think he he knew Vader was delicate enough. He couldn't just tell him outright at that point because remember he just fought him like he just you know knocked you know Palpatine back, and even though he did Palpatine humble them, he didn't want to be fighting with his new apprentice right away. So I think he had you know he's Palpatine smart. He he inserted that sure. thought into Vader. I. I still think that from a certain point of view, if you will, that the visual guide <laughs> is still right along, as long as the comic is still right as well. If
1: that makes any sense. Yeah. And yeah. by
0: the way, I, I, looks like, I think it's Dimitri from Far From Home.
1: Is it? <laughs> <And> it <laughs> look, looks like him. I love that line. Where, going back to the Vader scene real quick, when he says, uh, you know, obviously, the, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. I know some people didn't yeah. like it, but it was too corny. I love it. That we hear Vader like making a joke because that's Anakin. Like, and I think we've bet- heard him do say stuff like that before, too. I mean, apologies, except the Captain needed, it's right yeah. on the lines of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think between that and then, you know, obviously the way that he's wielding his lightsaber at the end of this movie, like, I love seeing f- just the amount of Darth Vader that we get in this movie, but I love that it feels like a little bit of a bridge between. Anakin in *Revenge of the Sith* and the Vader of the original trilogy—like mm-hmm. you can really imagine Anakin in that suit.
2: Totally agree. I had no issues with it when I first heard it. I thought it was like a really great line for him to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone had complaints about some of the lines Vader did, or whatever or that line that Vader did. I'm just like, meh, it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I love this scene too. Just the uh the whole rebel council if you will debating whether or not they're going to take action on this and it's so cool just seeing you know mon mothma bail organa um gosh i'm blanking on the guys named dodonna um yeah you know all of them convening together and again seeing that like you really had to twist the arm of these guys to take action against the empire even once they knew about the threat of the death star um because there's just so much at stake, and for them to really come together and make their first big, bold military move against the empire, like it's a huge risk that they're taking, and you can kind of understand why they wouldn't want to put themselves out in the open. Because if they fail, they've got nothing left. You know, a it's... lot of people
0: don't like. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the uh, a lot of people were criticizing the ADR on this for it, where Jin's like trying to talk and they hear people be like. What is she proposing? <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, there's there's a lot of criticism there, and I I understand it, but it doesn't it never bothered me in the
1: movie. I didn't even yeah, know there was criticism. It. <laughs> oh,
0: I see a lot of it online. By the
1: way, I also love Admiral Radis. <laughs> Isn't he the best? Yeah. We didn't talk about too,
2: how awesome it was that they got. I believe her name is Genevieve O'Reilly from the yeah, mm-hmm. deleted scenes mm-hmm. of her playing Mon Mothma. The fact that they knew she like. They already had a perfect actress <laughs> to play a young Mon Mothma. They brought her back again. Really cool.
1: Yep. And then, of course, we get the General Syndulla Easter egg. We get. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess this isn't the scene with Chopper yet. That's when everybody's running. Yeah.
2: But yeah, a lot of rebel stuff. I, I was uh, purposefully keeping my ears and eye out for rebel Easter eggs because I knew there was going to be some there, and more than mm. I was expecting to, which was cool.
1: Yeah. Definitely. It's too bad that the shot with the ghost and it ended up in the uh the trailers beforehand i think it was yeah. either it was either in a tv spot or an international trailer it was the tv spot like yeah
2: i love this you know bit of speech that cassian gives here again driving home that point of being rebels like he says here some of us have done terrible things you know all in the name of the rebellion and i just love the idea that what causes them to go along with Jin is because they don't want all that to go to waste and to be all for nothing. Mm -hmm. Because imagine living with that for the rest of your life if the rebellion ends here, the stuff that they had to do, the lives they had to take all for nothing and how that would probably eat at them for the rest of their lives. So it just makes total sense for why, you know, they would have to do this for themselves.
1: Yeah, no, if if you murdered people for a cause you believed in and then everybody else that was fighting that cause with you just gave up on it and you weren't able to see it through to the end, yeah, you'd be left with, well, what was the point of all that then? And again, just another really well-acted scene. Great music. Just. Ugh, this movie's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I wanted more aliens in the uh, in their little uh, band of army
1: here. But yeah, I was happy with what we got, too. Yeah, we get Pow, and he says Carabast. Is he saying Carabast? <laughs> he <laughs> is. I don't think he. Is that confirmed? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I, I was going back and watching. Um, I recently was watching like some clips on StarWars.com and they had a um, it was like a behind the scenes video with some of the guys from the story group is like Pablo Hidalgo and Leland Chi and something and they were talking about, like Easter eggs in this movie and stuff. And I think they did confirm that.
2: Mm. And he says it where you don't actually see him like it's off screen. You just hear his voice, I believe. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You You basically you hear him say it and then you see that it was him who said it.
2: Yeah. I remember I missed it the first time and <laughs> I think you were telling me about it. I like, well, I didn't remember. I thought I would I think I would have remembered him saying Carabas, but it's because we don't actually see him say it. Right. I always love even from the New Hope days where the rebellion would just say like, May the force be with us or may the force be with you, even though they're not Jedi, but and they're not force users. It's just, you know, some a belief that gives people hope. And for the rebels, they need all the hope they can get when they're taking on missions like this or making the Death Star attack run. Just that belief, you know, that the force is out there to hopefully guide them and be with them in their time where they need it most. So I just like it when non force users say that and have
1: a belief in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And here we get the namesake of the movie, which is funny because, you know, sometimes when like in sort of the big final like climax of the movie when they say a line that has the title of the movie in it and it's like oh it's kind of corny but in this one i think it worked perfectly yeah i agree putting a name and a title on you know this crew that we've been following the whole time I don't know why, but I just I love those shots when you see the ship flying away in the oven treetops. And there's always like the one little dude sitting up there with like his cop radar gun, um, you know, watching the ships go. And it's like, what the heck is that guy doing up there? We don't even know. But he was there in A New Hope. And so I just love that he's still there in Rogue One.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And this is a nice little sequence to get for, you know, hardcore fans is setting up for, you know, what bella Ghana's is gonna leaving for and what we see him in a new hope trying mm-hmm. to get obi-wan from tatooine and just you know that's like only something mon moss and bella know about like she they go into a little corner she has to whisper what about your friend the jedi yeah and getting a little clone wars name drop there too didn't hurt and then referencing leia without even saying her name kind of teasing for what's coming up at the end Just a cool little sequence that i think which just you could probably call it just fan service, but that's fan service. I love getting what is little stuff like that.
1: Another one of K2's best lines here. Yeah. Not <laughs> I can survive. Is that improvised? Space. I don't know. I don't think so, but I mean, all of his lines sound like they could be improvised. You know, they're just right. a little yeah. snarky, off the cuff remarks. I, I think this talk talking about
0: world building or universe building. I love the shield things that they have outside the planet.
2: Yeah, it's a nice touch. These are great. Yeah, it makes for a great thing to have in a space battle, too. <laughs> just mm-hmm. adding to the element of that.
1: Yeah, and just the Imperial aesthetic, like looking at that as it just yeah. zoomed in on that tower that's, you know, on the shield gate. Like the thing looks like kind like slightly similar to an AT-AT.
3: Mm-hmm. You yeah, know like know it's just mean.
1: got enough of that Feeling that you can tell like they're part of The same military Machine
2: And I'm glad they didn't do the whole Return of the Jedi thing with Han and Luke and, and Chewie trying to Get past with the Death Star shields and using the codes Like it's gonna work like it's gotta Work that type of thing yeah they just mm-hmm. Did it and hoped for the best and it worked and they were happy About it yeah they didn't need to play up that you know, once we're talking about all these things, referencing the older movies, this was a sequence where I thought, are they going to go that route? But thankfully they didn't. Yeah, just so you're talking about, Paul, it's that aesthetic of seeing the blue light of the shield generators are going into the planet. This looks really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scarif is another just cool planet in general, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, With definitely. planet.
1: Yeah, and it's again, you know, you would think that Star Wars would have exhausted all of the uh yeah. <laughs> the environmental locations for planets by now, but this is still just a really cool and unique, you know, visual location. And I mean I know they talked about this a lot during production, it really gives it kind of a World War Two vibe, like fighting in the Pacific. Yeah. Um But uh yeah, just a really great location.
0: So in the book Rebel Rising this right here, I think, if I'm not mistaken, she kind of gets insp- inspired from Saw him you know, speaking to all his uh, warriors. This is where she gets it from, right here. Hmm. And and she does say it like she does say Saw said you know whatever kind of references that basically foreshadowing the Ewoks whatever. But there is <laughs> don't even start, don't even start with me, sir. I'm wearing my Ewok shirt right now. Uh,
2: Return of the Jedi should be very fun as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, it will. But yeah, there there is. Uh, it just it was just interesting to me because there's she basically talks about or saw kind of talks to her and they set this up of how to inspire your people, you know, who are gonna fight for you, kind of a thing. So yeah, it, again, Rebel Rising, not, not the best Star Wars book, but there's some great moments in it. Basically,
2: all the Saw Rare stuff is great.
0: Uh, Yeah, the first half is definitely the
2: best. Yeah, and then the second half. That uh, has its moments, but I know what you mean. (laughs) Agree discreet.
0: Oh, man, I really hated that second half of that book. I love that first half, that second half, rough. It's not that bad. I'm being very dramatic, obviously, but it's not my favorite.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I just love them going over their battle plan here. and I mean, you know the odds that they're up against um but also it's cool because like you know their mission like they're not try you know the 20 of them or however many they've got they're not trying to take out all the imperials in the base like it's just you know and like Jin said we'll just take one chance and then take the next chance and just keep you know if we have to improvise and just take things one step at a time we'll do that but um you know they're just determined to do whatever they got to do to get these death star plans
2: those landing pad platform officers, their helmets are pretty cool too. I mean, there's—is there an uncool Imperial helmet? I don't
1: think so. <laughs> you for some of us, yeah, even, yeah, even these, these are great. Yeah. There is an uncool Imperial helmet. It's the ones that the Death Star gunners wear. Whoa! Oh, like <laughs> whoa, whoa! Really? They're wearing like a a salad bowl on their head. You're a salad bowl.
2: <laughs> How dare you? Oh man, so. I think we, no, we'll see him again in the movie. So,
1: yeah. Oh, for sure we will. Yeah, we'll I've always those. thought those were... I mean, I think they're a little goofy looking. It's not like I have a problem with them or, it, you know, distracts from the movie or anything. But I definitely wouldn't call it a cool design. Yeah, I, see,
2: I still think it looks cool. There's something unique and cool about it. <laughs> it is different, but... Still fits that cool Empire aesthetic.
0: Wow. Can't we just talk mess about the Death Star Gunner?
1: Well, I did. (laughs) We salad bowls can talk smack about whatever we want.
0: Well. uh, all right whatever. (laughs) Salad bowl. Give you a salad bowl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good thing the officer who was just, you know, in control of the door to the bunker did it pay attention to the apparel officer to expect the shuttle because he, I don't think he had a mustache like Cassian did <laughs>
0: yeah ooh yeah they're not supposed to have facial hair right
1: Uh. does do well, Callus's sideburns count <laughs> well Admiral
2: Ozzel had a mustache didn't he oh you're right oh you're yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah 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 maybe also- like, they like the so like the Yankees. You could have a mustache, but you can't have like a beard or not much facial hair. <laughs> so
0: the uh, I love the part where they they shush up the uh, I've got a, yeah, a bad feeling I've got feeling a about bad this. feeling,
1: but shh, quiet.
0: See, I and again, I love how it's played differently in solo. I love the the creativeness of of, of playing off of that, but not doing it directly.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but you see, I think the saga films they have to say it though, because it's tradition. Yeah, oh, it but is tradition. BBA,
0: remember, BBA had to say it, so you don't understand it. Duh.
3: Oh yeah,
1: I think Duh. that's fine. Nah. Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's the least subversive thing about that movie.
0: That's true, but it's just it's. But it starts off on a bad note.
1: It didn't happy bug me beats. too much. All happy. Yeah, happy. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I that's going to be the title of our uh, last Jedi commentary. This. <laughs>
0: This, this obviously is a, you know, CGI stage and it's off that, uh, that train station in England, but oh, it's, still, it's still super cool. Mm-hmm. Again, just well, the variety yeah.
1: of different imperial like environments and structures and stuff that we get to see. Yeah, looks really cool. Well, I also I think it's funny how even with like the the obviously the more the years go on and the more Star Wars movies they make, the more our technology gets better. And yet the more they still kind of keep like, you know, there's certain things that get like new and cool and flashy and everything, but then there's still some stuff that they still keep to the old, like 1977 aesthetic. Like when they're looking through the binoculars and it's still all grainy and stuff.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say about that. I love that aesthetic again. They're keeping Mm -hmm. up with that like idea.
1: Yeah. I love that continuity.
0: Yeah. Well, and also I want to talk about the design of the weapons on here. Like, you know, I I don't love every weapon they design. Again, the sequel trilogy. I'm not I'm not trying to bash on the sequel trilogy exclusively here, but it just when you when when Rogue One has such dramatically better looking weapons, it, it's just it, you know it's just like what the, like, they look so cool. They're so perfect. Uh, I do like Finn's gun from Force Awakens, the original OG one, mm.
2: the one Han gave him, or
0: yeah, the one Han gave him. I like that weapon. But, but yeah, other than that, I think these weapons on here look so much cooler. Like, look at that, they look, look great. They oh, look yeah. like Star Wars, but they're obviously like they're a little bit different. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, hey, it's funny how many of these I recognize from Battlefront.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just trying to think has there been a moment, a gathering of the coolest looking Imperial troopers at one location in the point of the galactic history? You got- Death troopers, storm troopers, shore troopers. Then you get TIE fighter pilots here all on this one planet. I think the only thing missing are scout troopers. As far as the coolest looking Imperial troops.
1: Well, so you basically just named all of them. (laughs) Well, I didn't say snow (laughs) troopers. Oh, okay. Sand troopers. Sand troopers.
0: They're the same things. (laughs) Yeah, sand
1: troopers. They're storm troopers with an orange piece of armor.
2: Yet they're different. They have a different title.
1: Uh, are they though? Is
0: that official?
2: <laughs>
0: I I'm, honestly. Well,
2: I just. I'm going by when I got the toys back in '96, '97. troopers are not canon
0: anymore. Those are legends.
2: <laughs> I love how critics are. Is we crazy. blind
1: <laughs> deploy the Garrison. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, critics great. This <laughs> is long. Right past them. Oh, shore troopers though. God, yeah, they are pretty cool.
3: Pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> when I went to a uh, celebration, I, I was me and uh, Dave were walking. and We found this family of shore troopers of all shapes and sizes, and I begged them to get a picture. I, I got it. It's on my Instagram somewhere around celebration uh, time, and and but they were like, "We gotta go. Gotta make this really fast." So I'm like, "Okay, okay, know God, know you know." But look, they look great. Yeah.
1: Gosh, and oh. then just oh man, the beginning of this battle is so cool. This is,
0: this is what makes me love this. This stuff like this is just ugh, so good. Mm-hmm. Star Wars on steroids, if you will. Almost <laughs> as good as Revenge of the Sith. Almost.
2: See, right here, this shot, Tarkin looks great here. There's, that's almost to me looks seamless. Yeah. Even, like I said, it, it proves the course of the movie for me for whatever reason. Because <laughs> you're getting used to it. That's why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I do agree that it's a little more... Uh, it's a. You can see a few more inconsistencies, like in that first scene that he's in.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. Now I think that Chopper cameo is coming up. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: that'll be in. Oh wait, right he here, Senator. Is. <laughs> 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 is it weird
0: that she? He he calls her Mon. I think he's calling her Ma'am.
1: No,
0: no, no. He says Mon. i listened to it many times. He
2: calls her Mon. With their names. So.
0: <laughs> I know that, but I'm just saying.
2: See, this, this is, is a cool weird. sequence, but I... Well, there's one right there. I was about to say, I, I would have liked to see the Imperials get, hit a few more of their targets, but that comes later on in the battle, so <laughs> I can't complain too much.
1: Man, and I just love this shot here as they're scrambling the entire Rebel fleet because, you know, I remember just even seeing in the trailers and stuff for this movie, seeing X-Wings in action again. Um, and this was something that like, we speculated about this because in the first couple trailers, we didn't even see anything. And Tim, I remember us talking about this and I was kind of predicting like, well, wait, ha- what if maybe in the the way that they get the plans is there's like a space battle and they have to beam them to the ship like in the space battle overhead, but we hadn't seen anything of a space battle yet. Mm-hmm. And then like, as we started getting teases of that, that was like the thing about the movie I was most looking forward to was getting another cool space battle and just, you know, gearing up for it and seeing those ships take off. It's, gets me so excited every time
2: yeah i mean the space battle wasn't high on the list as far as things i was most anticipated to see in rogue one but it ended up being one of my favorite aspects about it and we'll get to it once we actually really get into that battle but it really surpassed my expectations as far as what i was hoping to see as regarding the space battles mm-hmm. this is really well done
1: Yeah, but I also love just the sort of the ingenuity of the rebels here as they're making these guerrilla attacks on the platforms, but then, you know, you've got Bodhi hijacking the Imperial communications and calling for help on different platforms. And so he's made, I mean, like Cassian said, make 10 men feel like a hundred. I mean, it's hard to count. I don't know if they actually have 10 guys out there. I kind of hope it's a little bit more because it's a little hard to believe that like, if there's only 10 of them, that they wouldn't have been wiped out by now. But you know, the way that he sort of helps Create chaos and confusion, and makes the Imperials think that there's a lot more going on than there actually is. And then I think this is the so, part with the Carabast. Yeah. yeah, the subtitles. Oh yes yeah. uh, yep. Subtitles can It <laughs> is. Really? Yep. yep. Wow.
0: I I thought it was a uh, okay.
2: Such. Uh-huh. See, I, this is something I wish we got a little more of of the Walkers uh, in the jungle. Just more battles in the jungle. Let's we see some images of it. In like, yeah. trading cards and stuff. I was really hoping all right. that, but.
0: So when all the original pilots from A New Hope are yeah. in this movie, I about lost my gosh darn mind. Man. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that was a
2: very unexpected yeah, surprise. Yeah, gold leader, so red cool. leader. But,
1: man, even just that shot of seeing the whole fleet coming out of hyperspace and it's just, like, more ships and more ships and more ships and then the big capital ship. Again, Radis is awesome. I love that they named the Resistance flagship after him in... Uh, the Last Jedi.
0: Yeah. Man, God, this looks incredible.
1: Yeah. It
2: really does. Yeah, it's
0: just it's just fantastic. Love the, I love Blue Squadron. Love them. Sad right. they hell had to go.
2: I mm-hmm. know. I was going to say, it sucks. They oh, all had to Oh, man. And shot. just this ah. shot. Yeah,
1: this shot as the X-Wings are rolling over the top of the cruiser and nose diving toward the shield gate and just, ugh. I remember that shot was in one of, like, the international trailers, and I was just, like, my... That was when my hype for the movie reached critical mass, was when I saw that.
2: Yeah, just seeing how, you know, when the ships didn't make it, and just how (laughs) the
1: debris is just
2: skimming across the energy seal. But then you see the other X-Wing just going across the Star Destroyer. There's so many cool shots (sighs) of the ships flying out of that space battle. There's not one cool shot in that space battle (laughs) yeah yeah
1: you know what time will tell like i still think my favorite space battle in star wars is the one in return of the jedi but every time i watch this like it i feel like it creeps a little bit closer
0: well i think return of the jedi has the it's timeless and i feel that it still holds up because it was such a revolutionary thing what they did back then and just it improved on the original a new hope Uh, you know models and whatnot and oh yeah
1: exponentially
0: yeah so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think it just it's such an OG like space battle you just can't it just has to be number one it's like yeah you know it's like for me in the Avengers film I love the first Avengers film it's my favorite even though it's not the best MCU film it's probably my favorite because it's the first It's what started it all and that you know that pushed everything to the next level. That's what that's what the return of the Jedi dogfight did It may not be as look as good as rogue one But it's as good because it's basically taking its inspiration from that thing So the OG will always be the best because it's the original
2: mm-hmm. oh, So cool this shot. Oh, see, yeah, uh, see it's a cool battle but this is the stuff I wanted a little more of the troopers stormtroopers, and rebel soldiers battling on the beach because it was like so heavily promoted, and we just got only the briefest of shots of it.
0: Yeah, we can't we can't have them be regular ATAT walkers. They have to be special, convoy ATAT walkers. <laughs> ATACT,
2: I think, whatever they're or whatever, whatever yeah. the heck. Yeah, because yeah, it's all terrain
1: <laughs> armored cargo transport. Oh, I love this. Oh, yep. my God. Oh God. And so, the head comes back, and then here come the X-wing. Okay, okay. For for the record, I want to say this right now. I
0: always didn't understand. Why didn't this have X wings attack these stupid walkers
1: on Hoth? I, well, okay, they have said that the A- these walkers on Scarif are right. less armored than ATATs yeah. because they're not meant specifically as assault transports; they're more cargo transports. So you wouldn't deploy these like they're on Scarif because they use those to like transport stuff around on Scarif, and then you know. But in case anybody decides to attack them, they also have guns that they can use to defend themselves but you wouldn't deploy those on a planet to invade a rebel base.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's yeah, why Luke says that, just, just... that
1: armor is too strong for blasters. This armor clearly is not too strong for blasters. Yeah, I
2: oh, don't cool.
1: realize... Raddus' okay. ship where he's just
2: looking down mm-hmm. feet, just oh, see everything that's
1: going so on. Cool. Gosh, like you said, just every shot of this space battle is awesome. Even here where the close-up is on Radis, but you got the X-Wings in the background, yeah. and then they peel off and start making their attack run on the shield gate and just...
2: Oh yeah, man! See how they're this, all in formation, yeah. this just, yeah. movie is just
0: good, just straight up good. And as I, it's funny because as I watch this movie, it just shows to me the problems in the, the uh, sequel trilogy. And I, hate, I know I keep saying it, but uh, it's, this movie is just so good, and it just gets everything right. And it's just, I just, I just think about this, and I'm like, why couldn't they emulate? Like, this is exactly what people want. I mean, I don't know. That that's
1: just me. Yeah. Well, again, I think, and and I don't want to keep, you know, harping on the sequel trilogy. We'll we'll get to that when we get yeah, to those. We'll get movies. to harping, and, and a we, and you know, <laughs> and obviously, you guys have heard us talk about them before. We we, for the most part, love or at least like those movies and have a lot of positive stuff to say. That about is them true. As well. That is true. Um, But, and I've said this a bunch of times before, I've said this already in this episode, but I think just the thing that Rogue One has going for it is that they can really just coast on that Star Wars nostalgia and just, you know, all they had to do was emulate a new hope and do some new stuff, but with the same, you know, technology and the same environments and stuff, because it makes total sense. When you do that in a movie that's supposed to take place 30 years later, it's like, okay, well, you know, try some new stuff, switch it up a little bit. But when this, again, takes place right before A New Hope, sure, give us some more awesome, you know, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and space battles and people shooting stormtroopers and stuff. Because it makes total sense that that's what would be going on. So just, you know, you, you can replicate just that classic Star Wars feeling and kind of coast spy on that, but also do some really cool new stuff with it. Like... Man, just again all the shots in these in in this space battle. I can see the Y wings making their attack run and actually dropping bombs. Yeah. The shot Y-wings right before never that, where be the, the X wing was flying <laughs> through the exploding like shield bubble thing on the star destroyer. Just. <sighs> and here come the Tie fighters, the swarm of Tie fighters. Yeah, like why were they sitting in there the whole time? I don't know. <laughs>
2: Doing some damage too, not just yeah. crashing into things.
0: <laughs> now, this is the same actor who says "Haddock," I had a right?
1: I think it's the same guy. Is it? I it might, might be so. You know what? I think you're right. I think it is.
0: I think He's it his vo- is. His voice—he's like Irish or something. Or again, I don't want to butcher my 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 uh, accents here, but uh, yeah, I think it's the same guy. I, I, I like his character. He's cool.
1: I don't like that he dies off screen. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Like, we see him cornered with uh, with cheer, you know, against the Death Troopers, and then we cut away and cut back to him, and he's just dead. It's like, wait, what happened to him?
2: Having the first red five was a nice touch here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we know why that call sign was available. And this red five was no Luke Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was not.
1: (laughs) But hey, somebody had to uh, clear pave the way. Yep.
0: (laughs) The guy who's basically Pablo Hidalgo.
2: Yeah, I think we mentioned it before, but TIE Strikers, too, are just another cool-looking TIE Fighter design. Oh, but... for sure. Mm-hmm. And this is something that was just unique for... I like how it's just for, you know, in-atmosphere battles, where it's, it's not a TIE Fighter that usually does too much fights in space. If not at all, I don't think. I forget if it technically can't, or if it's just not used for it, but...
1: Oh, the striker. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this sure. true. Now, we, we don't see any of them up in the space battle.
2: She's naming all the different, you know, file names. She's a black saber. Did you guys immediately think dark saber? I <laughs> think far. so. Yeah. No,
0: yeah. I, I didn't think dark saber. I thought of something else. Like they're conjuring up like a, almost like the uh, dark saber. I thought of like actually the, uh, I, I thought of something else. It, not that specifically, but like something like uh Palpatine driven, like mm. a special lightsaber of some sort, but not okay. that, that one in particular.
1: Yeah, and I think we're getting to, you know, this is where watching it for the first time, you start getting to the point where you realize, and we all knew ahead of time, like, obviously none of these characters are in the original trilogy, and so we kind of speculated, like, we figured most, if not all of them, were not going to make it out of this. I didn't think all. But as, the, as, think, oh, as uh, the Stormtroopers start closing in, you're like, oh, things are starting to look a little dicey. Yeah.
2: And, but man, K2 sure took a lot
1: with him though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And if oh, he- anything, K2 was one of the ones I was not expecting to die because you wouldn't expect to have, you know, an emotional like for for the droid to be the first one to go and give you that emotional gut punch. Um, and of course, going into the movie, I don't think any of us maybe expected that we were going to love K2 as much as we did. Um, and I was certainly not expecting him to be the first one to go. And so once he was gone, it's like, oh, man, now kind of, you know, it gives you that feeling of like, oh, no one's safe. Yeah, to me, it was
2: Bodhi when he got killed because. He had this big triumphant moment. He got the uh, connections patched where they could communicate with each other, Like, but then it <laughs> didn't last very long. And was like, once he went, I was like, oh, man. So <laughs> I think it's not looking good for everyone else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, when Krennic said, send my guard squadron into battle, I got really hyped up right here. <laughs> Wait, <okay. laughs> yeah. Don't disappoint me like Phasma did in The Force Awakens. <laughs> 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 See, now the... Short troopers are hitting their targets, and the Empire is being shown as more of a formidable, formidable army against the rebels. Yeah, they
3: just Instead caught them just with their the pants down team.
1: at first.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's the tie strikers. Hmm. with I think that's the TIE Reaper is the big one that is carrying the Death Troopers
2: I don't think I ever heard that name unless I just forgot about it. like maybe in the visual guides, I
1: didn't notice that one but I think it's in um, gosh because I play the mobile game Galaxy of Heroes and you can collect ships in there as, as well as uh, you know just the individual characters um, and I think that one is in there I think that's where I got the name from it
0: I wish the monkey would have survived. <laughs> yeah, this is a bummer.
1: But again, sees
2: the Empire is finally showing their muscle here. It wasn't just one side like sometimes yeah. rebel with imperial yeah. fights. Although it,
1: heck, that U-wing took a lot of stormtroopers with it when it crashed.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not, not a fan of this shot for some reason. I like I like what they're doing, but it just it looks weird.
2: Well, the Death is coming out of the level. Yeah. Yep. Mm. This is see, awesome. this, that's an awesome shot. I know there's probably stuff cut from that because they mm-hmm. had to make their way to the beach where it was pretty much the rebels had to clear it cleared out and the Death troopers had to wipe them all out to get into that trench right there. And I just yeah. my... Would have loved to see them do it.
0: <laughs> I need to find I need to find out what that guy's name is. It's uh Melshi. Melshi, yeah. Melshi. Yeah. He's a baller. This is this is a little uh, again again a little over dramatic, but it still works.
2: This is where the music really gets, uh,
0: yeah, like that yeah. dramatic
2: feel to it, that tension feel, flow to it. I think it's called the master switch on the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, I think master so. switch. Oh, oh, yeah, awesome. it is That's the Master Switch right this here. is where uh, Chirrut's about to make his move.
2: <laughs> so I just love how their fingers are just right on the trigger. Any mm-hmm. sudden movements, bam, they're taking him out. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Whoa!
0: <laughs> That part always freaks me out. I'm like, oh, no, thanks.
1: Yeah, especially when you see, uh, for some reason, there's like a little piece of debris that you see falling, and I always think that's yeah. the tape. I'm like, wait, did she drop it? No, of course, she's still got it. The secret data tapes. No. Yep, Mel, she died somehow mysteriously. I always well, wondered he if. Because well, the just guy died who-
2: from his wounds, though.
1: Yeah, probably. But I also so always wondered him, like, if, because there was that one guy that popped out and tried to make a break for it, and the Death Trooper immediately shot him, and he saw that guy fall, and his his blaster went off, and I wondered if he, like, accidentally hit Melshi.
2: Well, Melshi got shot, like, two or three times, though. I thought he just got hit once.
1: Yeah, but, I don't know. We got
2: it, like, a couple times on the back.
1: But obviously, I'm this sure. is such a cool moment here with... Uh, yeah. You know, the and, the line that's probably most often repeated from this movie. I'm one with the force and the force is with me.
2: And this is we talked about it a lot, too, whenever we were, we we're talking about Rogue One, just how I mean, there's no question the force is in play here. Yeah. <laughs> true true of being able to not, not get hit by the death troopers blast and this they're probably thinking like what the heck why can't we hit this guy here
1: yeah exactly and i think it's i definitely think it's more of a case of not him using the force but just mm-hmm. the sort of the will of the force being done
2: yeah the force using him in a way which yeah i think it's awesome as it it knows the big chain of events that this battle here is going to have on the galaxy
1: yeah and like I said, once once K two's gone, then just kind of the poo hits the fan for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all
2: kind of like Truer Chir- was the one well, for obvious reasons that we knew he was gonna be on the casualty list because the actor playing base said so in the <laughs> I <laughs> oh, managed oh, to man. stay away from that.
1: I I remember hearing about that and I was like, Oh gosh, I, I hope that died. doesn't get spoiled yeah. for me before the movie and I actually managed to avoid that. I was so proud of myself.
0: I love everyone's reactions around him yeah. as he's saying it. Alan Tudor's Alan no, 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 that's so amazing. But whatever, I mean, we knew everyone was gonna die anyway.
2: Yeah. But again, such a great, you know, final moment between those two, where Bayes kind of succumbs or allows himself to believe in what Turing's been saying. The, you know, I am one with the force, and the force is with me. Just to hear him say those words, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, a great way for. Sure, you know, the last words for him to hear sadly, but I'm sure it, it made him happy to hear those words as you know he was passing away.
1: Yeah, by the way, yeah. we just got to see the ghost take out a TIE fighter, which was awesome. Has uh,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Y Wings ever had a better showing in a Star Wars movie? I think not. no,
1: absolutely not. I don't know, they had some good shots in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but we didn't get to see them make bombing runs like that. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Ah, so amazing. Whoever's watching this movie now, and we're like, oh, yeah,
1: just, get, it's like I don't. Get, yeah. At this point, you've heard us say how much it's awesome and how much we love it, and they're just going to keep showing more shots of ships and TIE Fighters and Star Destroyers and X-Wings and Y-Wings, and we're going to enjoy every second of it. Ooh, bye-bye, bye, Bodhi. Funny. Yeah, yeah. that's a rough way
2: to go. Man. Like
0: this say,
1: is.
2: That look on his face says it all, unfortunately. I mean, he was so happy and exuberant <laughs> just like a few seconds ago, and now he's blown up.
1: Yeah, but he got his mission done. Yes, that is true. Uh,
2: And now it's time for my least favorite part of the movie.
0: (laughs) No way. This is is
2: amazing. I know. I mean, if the Death Troopers are going to go out, which I knew most of them were going to, Baze does it in a justifiable way, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Because now the Force is with him, too.
0: Exactly. And they still get some hits at him. Well, right. But the reason they can't see, you don't hit him right away is because it's so smoky out. So it makes
2: sense. Mm -hmm. And plus, I think they're affected from the blast, too. Like, one of them yeah. even had, like, his, like, helmet was a little charred off. Though I do wish that final one, I think he could have got that grenade out of his hand a little
1: quicker. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I mean, B still would have shot him before it went off, and the grenade still gets him anyways.
2: Yeah, but just to have it look better for the test Trooper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this callback to basically uh, Emperor Strix back. Mm-hmm. But just used way differently. It's so cool.
2: Oh. Out of all the things I had to de- get to or deal with to get the Death Star plans, that would have been the hardest thing for me.
1: <laughs> How rad was this for us Kotor fans? Yeah.
2: Yes. Another unexpected surprise was just
1: awesome not just Kotor fans but Rebels fans too. I mean, I was kind of more excited as a kotor i mean i guess it was awesome to see them in the movie too but just you know the fact that they brought them back on rebels and you could tell it was inspired by uh the design of the Endar spire from kotor um that was kind of my first wave of excitement and then to go oh yeah the kotor ships that they brought back in rebels now they're putting them in the movie and then you know not just in the background of the space battle but they get kind of a front and center role in uh what ends up being kind of the um pivotal moment of the battle there that's pretty awesome too
2: and again, seeing something in a battle, a space battle, or just in Star Wars in general that we'd never seen before, how cool was that to see another ship take down a Star Destroyer Yeah, by having it crash into another Star Destroyer just seeing the yeah. destruction it caused? It was just a sight to behold in the big screen. It was just so cool.
0: Remember that uh, the trailer with the with the TIE fighter going right in front of yeah. uh, Jin. Interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> and just the other Scarif sequence that we didn't get here that were what? so heavily pushed at the advertising.
0: One day, we'll get a director's cut slash or deleted scenes, and we're going to
2: lose our minds. Yeah, there'll be deleted scenes. There won't be a director. Yeah, I don't think there
1: will because they changed so much. It's not like there was an original cut of the movie. I mean, obviously, there was at some point because they looked at the cut and went, eh, we need to change this. But, Yeah, yeah, um yeah i think it would just kind of be unrecognizable you know it's it wouldn't be like this with more scenes added in it would be something completely different right much
2: as i hate seeing those two star destroyers get blown up it's such an amazing shot man. yeah (laughs) just spectacular
1: and see she kind of has a confrontation with a tie fighter
2: yeah so you would think this is where that moment from the trailer would have taken place or what would have followed after it yeah But So it would have been hard for the TIE fighter that close up to her, how she would have survived that, <laughs> and how it would miss her being at that point-blank range.
1: Well, I mean, there could have been a stormtrooper flying it.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> could have been really desperate. They had to just put an Imperial regular stormtrooper as a pilot.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, too. You almost forget, like, we know the history between these two characters, and then we've seen them be chasing each other uh, for the whole movie. Um, but you forget that, like, he doesn't even, rem- like, doesn't realize that she's that little girl from all those years ago.
2: Yeah. Even to the end, Krennic thinks he, you know, he could still pull out and
1: win this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Little
2: does he know he's just going to be, you know, fodder of the Empire like
1: so many other Imperials and officers are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the way he goes out is just so, like, I almost feel bad for him. But, man, then this is the beginning of... one of the most amazing sequences in a Star Wars movie but I mean the music that starts playing there and then the visual of the Star Destroyer going down and crashing into the gate Um, and like I said I mean just this whole sequence of events and the way that it kind of you know it's hopeful and then it's uh, you know tense and dramatic when the Empire shows up and but the whole time the music is just you know somber and kind of melodramatic and the way that Just they combined all these elements. It's just so perfect.
0: Yeah,
2: it's one of those things in a movie where you're just constantly saying, "Man, how can it get better than this?" And it does. Then it does. Yeah, (laughs) better and better. This chain of events over the course of the end of this movie, man, it just keeps outdoing
1: itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, so we could talk about what we think the original ending was going to have. But from what we understand, wasn't it that basically Vader kills everyone on the beach? Is that what I've kind
2: of heard and read? I don't think it was on the beach. I think they make it off, but like he goes, boards their ship or something. and I think he takes them out or something to that effect. Yeah.
0: This is so much better.
1: Yeah, I just remember I mean, that being is the... disappointed that when the Death Star shows up, that we didn't get to see it come out of hyperspace because I really wanted to see just what that looked <laughs> that like. Cool. And you know,
0: a lot of people here are like, you know, oh, they love each other. It's, I don't, I never looked at it like they love each other. I think they're just they've gone through so much together. Yeah. And they know this is the end.
1: It's like that's that's what I see there. Yeah totally agree gosh yeah and krennic looking up and seeing his baby his pride and joy the (laughs) thing that he dedicated his whole life to and then then tarkin snatched it away from him and now he's watching as it's about to just blow him away it's again like as much as he is you know definitely a bad guy and somebody that you're not rooting for but in that moment you really kind of feel for him
2: yeah (laughs) no totally
1: great great shot
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, i just every time this m- moment hits and i think they already said it but when cassie and jen are talking to each other they said do you think anyone's listening like someone's got heard us and got the message it all goes back yeah. to luke blowing the death star so this is what it's all about this is starting luke's journey here what he's going to accomplish like so just gives me chills when i think about it you know it's when it's- course of the story that
1: sets off from there
0: when, yeah. when the star destroyer gets out of hyperspace and they crash into it i
1: mean how rad is yeah. that? that's that's, what, that's saying, like one of my favorite better? moments <laughs> of the entire movie and especially the just again the way that the music changes there mm. you know it could have gotten really tense and dramatic or started playing the imperial march or something yeah. but the way that it just continues with that sort of swelling emotional music and juxtaposing that with that shot of vader from behind as he's looking out as his star destroyer is blasting all these rebel ships to pieces amazing stuff
2: well, like i said it's all this stuff is awesome but yet it's gonna get better mm. <laughs> so does vader says prepare a boarding, a boarding yep. party I'm like oh yeah okay. of course they didn't need a boarding
1: party he's the boarding yeah. party
2: It's like a beautiful tragic way for <laughs> Cassian and Jin to go out. I mean, mm. just beautifully I mean wow, it's shot and just the lighting and just being on that beachfront, but yet knowing that their destruction is coming right for them. I mean, yeah, it's kind of imagine what that feeling must be like.
1: Yeah, like you said, just that was beautifully done and then to go from that to what we know is coming next.
0: god how good is this man, honestly
2: this is coming, <laughs> it's like we all knew just from like the reactions everyone had after the premiere and all, whatnot that vader has an awesome sequence we didn't know what and how but once this moment <laughs> started like okay i think i know what's coming mm-hmm. an old oh, boy
1: yeah especially once <sighs> the alarm sounds and they all turn around and you just see like we all knew what was coming out of that darkness at the end of the hallway Yeah, I just say that red blade night.
2: Oh. (laughs) The terror in everyone's face. Just the ease of how Vader's deflecting those blasts is so awesome.
1: The guy who flies up. Oh. (laughs) Jesus! My wife's in the background laughing at the giant dumb grin I have on my face right now watching this.
2: (laughs) How could you have anything else on your face except the grin? (laughs) Like.
1: This is is literally what everyone wanted
0: Vader to be like in Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. And again, it's not like we were missing that, though. Like, it's just like we've... The movie
2: and, didn't call
1: for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just getting to see Anakin go into the suit at the end of Revenge of the Sith was awesome. But then, you know, just with the technology and the way it's come since and then, like getting to see something with a little bit more modern, like choreography and just the effects and stuff like that. But seeing vader in his prime in an action sequence like that was just
2: that shot out of vader uh, looking out into space with stormtroopers behind him man yep so good and just the perfect ending to this movie because the perfect lead up to a new hope we knew it was going to set up a new hope we knew what the basic story was but how exactly would it end and fit if you watched new hope right after rogue one and with this shot on Leia, and it goes to credits, it, or I should say it goes into hyperspace and then the credits, and then you start a new hope. It's a flawless Star Wars movie.
0: experience. It really is. Yeah. So it, it, I, I, now, now that we've gone through this this movie, I, I think I don't know if I've discussed this before, but you know, a great way to watch three Star Wars movies in a row is Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, A New Hope. It mm-hmm. is like that. Like that is some of the. The most fun you'll have, like if you're just watching a you know a bunch of Star Wars movies in a row or in a couple of days, like yeah, sure you could go you know whatever. But if you want kind of a, a unique kind of a trilogy, that's the way to go. It's it, it's a it's really really cool.
2: I have to keep that in mind. I haven't done that yet with Revenge of the Sith. I've done of course the Rogue One and New Hope back-to-back watch which is great but I can imagine watching Revenge of the Sith before it would only make it better
1: (laughs) And I think think what for me was actually a really cool sequence was um, because I think I've watched Rogue One and A New Hope back-to-back in their entirety but also one time there was it was one of the times that i went to see rogue one in the theater maybe for like the third or fourth time or something like that and then i came home and a new hope was on tv and i just turned it on and flipped to it and it was like halfway through it so you jumped right from the end of rogue one to like picking up to the point in a new hope where they're about to go attack the death star that was really cool because that really is the part that's continuing the story thread from Rogue One because obviously I mean the beginning of A New Hope starts right with Vader chasing the Tantive Four, but then you get stuck on Tatooine with R2 and 3PO and then Luke comes in and it's you know introducing characters that are really important in that movie that have nothing to do with Rogue One but when you go from the end of Rogue One picking right up to then the rebels completing that mission to to destroy the Death Star that was really cool too.
2: Yeah, I could see that working. If, I guess if you're short for time, <laughs> yeah. It and again, it,
1: it was just kind of unintentional. It just happened to be mm-hmm. on that point on TV, but it it made for a really cool sort of continuous flow. Oh yeah, totally. But... So good. And
2: as I as I stop my Blu-ray player, which is my Xbox, go back to my men my main menu on my Xbox One. What do I see? Is my Death Trooper wallpaper, as my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> desktop for my Xbox. So Rogue One is still continuing, even though I stopped the movie.
1: <laughs> Man, well, uh, all right. So, so final thoughts on the movie. What do we think?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I remember when I first saw it, I really, really liked it, but I didn't quite love it and have like great feeling at it after I saw the Force Awakens for the first time, and I just. Again, this going to sound like I didn't like it coming out of it the first time, but that wasn't the case. But I just didn't fall in love with the characters right off the bat like I did with The Force Awakens and the characters they introduced there. But and again, some of my complaints about, you know, some of the stuff in the trailers being not in the final film and then the Battle of Scarif, the ground battle, not living up to my expectations. So I didn't come out quite as, you know, really, really loving like I did The Force Awakens when I first saw it. But I saw it. Like the next day or the day after and just kind of taking it in for what it is and getting more into the characters. Cause they're definitely little, I think you could say they're more complex characters than what we got in the force Awakens. So maybe that's why it took me another viewing to really appreciate what they were going for with them. But I just come to love it. I just love it more and more every time I watch it so as we talked about, there's just so many great aspects to it. And again, like I say, whenever I talk about a prequel, it enhances stuff that, um, That comes after it and the stories we know that come after it and you watch a new hope in a totally different light now and it only improves a new hope even more so which i'm sure we'll get into when we do our commentary for that but it just i just love it when you can watch a movie you've seen for so long but then you get a movie like rogue Rogue one and you can pick up different things call back in your head as you're watching it to the moments in rogue one that this changes the experience for you and i love that so yeah, Rogue One is definitely up there, especially as far as the new Disney-era Star Wars films. I don't know where it ranks in my overall Star Wars ranking yet, because as you guys know, I've been putting that off because I don't <laughs> really know or want to do that, because I, it's going to be so hard for me to rank all of them. But I remember you put me to the task that once Episode Nine comes out, I'm going to have to. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: force you to eventually. Eventually,
2: you'll to. find out where it ranks, but I imagine it's going to be you know pretty up there, or at least kind of... Mid-range sounds low, but maybe just because there's so many great Star Wars movies that I love, it might fall there. But it's definitely not going to be at the bottom. There's just so much great stuff to love about it. So, yeah, Rogue One is awesome.
0: Rogue One is – it really truly is the – to me, the, the best of the, of the Disney stuff. And um, it, it it proves to me that that we can get great, great Star Wars films still, even though I haven't loved – everything that's that Disney has given us. I've loved, I'd say I've loved, or I've I've liked everything for the most part. Haven't loved. I loved half of what they've given me. And, you know, I, I love solo. I love rogue one, but you know, I'm, I'm praying rise of Skywalker can wrap up the saga and the trilogy and make me appreciate the first two films before it. But in rogue one itself, it really shows you what you can do with star Wars and, that people like they they want the, famili- the familiarity that it, that the original trilogy era can give you but they can all, you can also tell a darker you know tough nose story and people are going to gravitate towards it um i also think it shows you that you can create new characters and and people are going to gravitate towards them if they're written well and i think that this is you know i think disney really really needs to analyze rogue one and really see what exactly kind of is the 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 magical fruit of of this movie if you will uh what exactly is is the secret that makes this of the besides the sequel films kind of like why are people kind of talking about it still after the fact it's not you know obviously we're getting the casting andor series soon uh if, if rogue one wasn't successful we wouldn't be getting it and i i really do think that even though it may not make as much money as The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, I think the fact that – I think that there's there's more of a buzz around Rogue One after the fact than both Force Awakens and The Last – well, obviously The Last Jedi, but that's, that's debatable. But Rogue One, it just feels to me – of course not everyone loves the movie, like, but I feel like it's more predominantly talked about positively than all the other Star Wars films that we've gotten since when, since Disney's released them. Um, Again, I think *Force awakens is number two. It's not too far behind, but I just feel that rogue one has more of a collective, like, yeah, we all like that movie a lot. And for the most part, whereas you can bear force awakens, everyone fell in love with it at first, but then people started seeing the warts on it. And then with rogue one, it never really got that. In fact, I'd say people only started liking it more once it got on, on um, video and people started to kind of really appreciate even more of the nuances of that film so i just you know i, I think this movie we, i know you wanted to do a, an episode of our rankings but and i've always i've been very open with my rankings for a long time this is up there and this is always going to be you know i didn't know if i liked solo more than this and uh, right now i don't think i do but i think this movie is Top tier. It's it. It is a beautiful, beautifully shot movie. It's beautifully acted. I think it's one of those movies that really elevates the script. I don't think the script is predominantly amazing, per se. But I think the actors elevate everything because of the performances. So, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's. I think it might be lightning in a bottle, and it's one of those things where Kathleen Kennedy thought she could save every movie because of this. Very, you know, because of this movie, because. She was able to salvage uh, Rogue One. She could have been able to salvage the Solo and, and still hit their their date. But it obviously didn't really work out the same way as Rogue One. But Rogue One is, is a beautiful film, and I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely one of the best Star Wars films ever made.
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, like I've been saying the entire time, it's just filled with great Star Wars stuff. Um, The characters are great. The story's great. The action is great. The music is phenomenal. The cinematography is amazing. I think this is also my favorite of the Disney Star Wars films. Um, And, you know, kind of like you were saying, Tim, it's one of those that, like, after I saw it the first time, especially because I had heard so many great things about it, and so my expectations were set really high, and I kind of, I was expecting it to be, uh, kind of really intense and action-packed all the way through, whereas like in the beginning it's a little bit slower and they're building the story up and it has, you know, some, some cool action moments, but it's really that last third act where things really kind of take off, but the more, it's almost like the more I watch it, the more I love it. Like once you get those initial expectations out of the way and even things that mm-hmm. bugged me about it the first time, like, you know, some of the random cameos and the Tarkin CGI that I still am like Not a hundred percent in love with but i mean i think the first couple times i saw it it did kind of distract me a little bit whereas now i'm like "Eh, it's fine it's whatever like i know so i still know some people who swear they can't tell a difference like they didn't know that that wasn't peter cushing and i'm like really he's been dead for like 30 years or something um i've had a few of those too (laughs) mainly some older family members (laughs) yeah um, but you know, so that was something that kind of bothered me at first that now I'm like, yeah, I still don't love it, but it's whatever. Again, I loved, I like Tarkin's role in the story a lot. It's just, I don't know if there's a better way that they could have done that, or at least maybe, you know, not used him so prominently. But, um, again, just with time, those issues that I had with it initially have kind of faded and my love of the movie just increases more and more with every viewing like i said this is like even with the space battle at the end i i think it's still safe to say it's behind return of the jedi but every time i watch it i go oh is that my favorite space battle in star wars Eh, i i don't know if i'd quite go that far um and i i won't place a ranking on it yet um I think I know where this one ranks for me, but part of it is also, you know, I want to kind of reevaluate once we've watched all the movies again, because some of them I've seen more recently than others and some of them it's been a while. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to doing our our full ranking episode after all this is said and done. But, uh, yeah, Rogue One is up there for me. I really like this one a lot. I've been looking forward to doing this one um, in our our list of commentaries. This is one of the ones on the list that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till we get to that one um and of all the ones that we've watched so far i'd say this is the one that i'm most eager to immediately go back and watch again like i said because it's been a while since i've watched it and because i love the music so much and we were watching it without the sound on i'm like man i want to watch this again like within a couple days or something so um yeah it's definitely a, a great movie full of lots of great star wars stuff and uh I'm glad I'm glad that they were able to to salvage it the way they were kind of like you were talking about Paul. I really feel like this movie is better than it has any right to be with like the production issues that it had and and some of that kind of stuff. But they really pulled it together and made uh, a really great Star Wars experience out of it. Right. But um, yeah, that's that. Uh, that is Rogue One, a Star Wars story for you guys um hope you enjoyed listening to our commentary with it and especially you know for those of you that like watching uh along with us and listening to us as you're watching the movie hope you enjoyed that as well um i know we don't usually do uh we'll do we, have we done like listener uh comments and tweets and stuff at the end of these episodes before
2: no just yeah straight commentary so
1: <laughs> okay i didn't remember if you put a question out on twitter or something like that but um
2: but if you have any thoughts on Rogue One, and want to share them, we'll read them on our next regular episodes, though. So <laughs> yeah,
1: there we go. Let let us know, uh, you know, what you guys think of Rogue One. If you want to share some thoughts on that, um, as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Star Wars TSC. You can find us on facebook at facebook.com star wars the saga continues you can send us email at star at gmail.com and you can find our website at star for all the regularly scheduled uh you know star wars news updates and stuff that we're posting over there um, but uh, yeah i'm sure it probably won't be too long till we're back with another regular news episode for you guys and then next month we will be uh finally kicking off the original trilogy and getting to do our commentaries of those um, as we continue on towards the end of the year and the release of the rise of skywalkers. So uh, this has been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to, uh, to just continuing on with that. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. And as always, we will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. speed rebels.